What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 66 of the No Mercy podcast, just three days after episode 65. And I will advise you guys right now, if you have not listened to episode 65, you must. 65 was our initial reaction right after, hours after the smack heard around the world, the best supporting smackter moment. Go listen to episode 65. It is important. It is the first part. This is the second part. So this is Hit em Up part two. So you don't watch the sequel before you watch the original. So go back right now. Stop what you're doing. Go back to episode 65. Listen to that. And then listen to this episode, episode 66. Because what happened is we came out. We give our initial reactions. We gave everything that we thought. Obviously didn't have as much time to research. And it's right. I mean, everything we said on that episode still holds true. It's 100% true. But we found more shit after that. So me and Bobby spent the next two days digging on all kinds of... It's fucking impossible for you to listen to this podcast and not come out of here knowing five to ten more things about the fucking Will Smith situation, background life, Quincy Jones, Tupac. We went deep. We ended up researching conspiracy theories about the Oscars, and then we started digging into these guys' backgrounds, and then we ran into stories from 1996 and assault charges and rapes and pedophilia and satanic shit. Like, it fucking... Me and Bobby got so sideways last night. We're on the phone at 5 a.m. going... I don't even know what the fuck this podcast is going to be about. And we said, fuck it. We're just going to dump it. So we're just going to hit record and just dump everything we fucking found last night. So there's a lot of fucking crazy shit that you're going to hear in there and do with it what you want. What we wanted to really do um, was present the other side of the equation, right? Like talk a little bit more about the conspiracy side of it, how this all could have been staged and what uh, things that we saw that are making it feel that way. We have a Grammy party coming up, which I mentioned throughout the show, but we're actually going to do a live discord for you guys for free for the Grammys. Um, If I'm repeating myself in the beginning of the show, I apologize. I do that all the time, but we are going to do that. So follow our handles at Tommy G returns at Bob's lessons all over social media. Follow our handles. We're going to drop a link on Sunday for the Grammys. I mean, you got to see the people that are performing in this fucking thing. It's Lady Gaga. It's Billie Eilish. It's Lil Nas X. It's going to be an Illuminati satanic fuck fest. And we are going to be there to call out all the symbolism, bet on things, fucking just you know, call out all the pedophiles. It's going to be a lot of fun. Bill Rupp, myself, and Bob's Lessons. So make sure that you follow our all our handles so you're up to date on that. This episode got wild. We thought it would be 30 minutes. It's two hours as usual. You're not going to leave here without going, what the fuck, on at least at least 10, 20 things. Like, it's some crazy shit we talk about here. I do want to say there was a video that I watched that I wanted to give credit for on the podcast. I forgot. I asked Bobby to remind me. He's retarded. So we both forgot. So I want to do it in the intro here, because unlike everyone else, I don't steal people's shit and then fucking not give them credit for it. There's a dude. His name is Sean Davey Way. Um, maybe he's popular. Maybe he's not. I thought he was great. And a lot of the information I got, uh, he started the rabbit hole. So he did a video, and then I saw another piece that he did that led me down a bunch of rabbit holes to find out what I found out. So Sean Davey Way, thank you. And uh, go support Sean Davey Way. Really seems like a really cool dude. Had a lot of great information. Definitely uh, awesome stuff. So a lot of it I got from there. Just want to quote my sources. Uh, That's pretty much it, guys. So make sure you go listen to episode 65. This is episode 66. We are ready to rock strap your seatbelts on this shit's about to get wild hit it Miyagi mercy is for the weak we do not train to be merciful here a man face you he is enemy enemy deserve no mercy 
Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 66 of the No Mercy podcast, which is coming, Bob, just fucking two days after episode 65. This is this may be an all-time no mercy record. There's no three-week gap. There's no one-month gap. We've had two <laughs> months gaps. Two days later, Bob. Dude, I mean, like this is this is like Christmas come early for me too, you know. So, but it, I mean, and, I, and at first I was like, man, I wonder if this one's gonna overshadow the one before. But I know you mentioned you're gonna say this after I say it that you this is really like a 65 part two, and we can call it 66. But mm-hmm. you need to go listen to the episode before. Yeah, I'm gonna in the intro. I'm gonna tell everyone right out the gate like that you got to go listen to the other one. So I'll say it again here: if you haven't listened to the prior episode, you need to. That was the the preface of this episode. And, and the other thing is this is like, and we're going to start doing this is recording the post-production because every single time we record, uh, information comes out as soon as we're done recording. And one of the things like, I, I like to think that we're at the tip of the spear at a lot of the stuff, you know, and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying like we put out no, opinions. No, we're the best. I mean, it's not even close. We're by <laughs> yeah, far the best. We're... It's fucking literally no one is better. And, and the other good thing is that we don't research the same shit. Like last episode, we went in two completely different directions, and I think we're going to continue on those paths. It seems like they're merging a little bit. We'll talk about it this episode. But a lot of the stuff we talk about on the phone and post-production is stuff that you guys don't hear. We're going to try to start changing that. But, I mean, dude, like all the information that's come out even in the last two days, like it, we were like, we have to record again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the other thing about it is this, like, I know a lot of people in this world are fucking just sitting there pounding out YouTube clips all day and pounding out podcasts on fucking on Patreon and iTunes and Spotify and Podbean and Rockfin and this and that. And that's all they do is just grind content, just just punt. Con- For me, that's fucking no, dude, right. they get bored and you get old and it gets stale. If you've noticed, No Mercy is a very seasonal podcast. It's sacred. And there's a reason sacred. for that. Yes, it's but it's seasonal. seasonal. It's, seasonal. it's seasonal. It is. If you fucking pay attention from fucking February, March, like here's March 21. So here's last year in 21. Uh, we did January 22nd. We didn't do anything for like three weeks, right? Then February 12th, 25th, March 5th, March 13th, March 26th, April 12th, like, right? So so we get on a nice little run there. And then I think we got a little quiet. We're the most bi- we're bipolar. Well, I mean, no, it's that we have lives. We're not fucking loser faggot nerds like all these fucking kids that literally had seven followers and no friends 10, two, two, three years ago. COVID hit and all of a sudden they're a fucking popular internet guy where they have nothing to do. They make no money. They're dead fucking broke. They have no fucking lives. And they just sit there and criticize people all fucking day saying, oh, you're not a true truther because X, Y, Z. It's like, yeah, you're a broke bitch. How about that? Bobby's got 16 different fucking jobs. Okay. Now, granny, Bobby doesn't have. The, I do them all like you know, half. Yeah, I do them all like at about seventy five percent. You know, so right because you're retarded and your ADD is fuck. It took you an hour and a half just to start the podcast because you had to take three shits and fucking <laughs> kill a hamster. But oh, the, we'll tell that story in a minute. But for like for me and Bobby, this isn't our job. Yeah, this is not our job. I have run a fucking you know seven figure sports company. That's my job. I have people paying me a hundred dollars a month for my attention and my time. And when football is going on, it's fucking crazy doing live streams all day, all week. And then college basketball comes March, man. I don't have fucking time to do this. This takes a lot of time. So when this time of year comes, when football's done, uh, March madness is over 
and now it's just baseball for the next fucking four or five months. I can do more of this. Yeah. So it's seasonal. I have time now. So we want to do it. And Bobby's the same way where he'll do it, but it kind of leans on my schedule a lot of times. So sure. we're back. You could see it coming. We're launching a site. We're going to be opening up a discord. Like this is the time. The summer is when we have all the time. And guess what? Come September, I'm going to dial it back again because that's when football season starts and I got to work on my other company. Right. And that's when I kind of kick into high gear as far as, you know, making sure that the, the ship is still sailing the right direction, mm -hmm. that we still have good content, that Discord's still rolling, and then you pop in and out. I mean, it, it's it's not like, you're, you know, anybody's going to disappear. The content's going to disappear. Once no. Once we get that up and going, it's just going to, you know, be who's who's manning the ship. You know, is it the pilot or the co-pilot? <laughs> is it going to be on? It might be on autopilot from time to time, and it might go crashing to the ground because all we, you know, it might be um, run by the waiting. fig newtons of the world. <laughs> iconic and fig yeah. a voice oh, yeah, i love wow. that the uh but wait to like wait to see how much more time i commit to it when it's actually a business yeah you know we actually have ad money and we actually have fucking subscription services and we could sell some t-shirts and actually putting time into it actually could be worth my time yeah like that's this is a hobby this has been a hobby for two years. We, we ran two Manscaped ads and fucking did three years. Mm -hmm. We never fucking charged for anything. So if it's a business, yeah, it would be fucking way more locked in. But this is the time right now to rock. I do want to tell you guys right now, I might have said it in the intro. I don't know. The intro gets recorded in an hour and a half. And who knows what the fuck I said. I black out. But we will be having a Grammys party this weekend. Okay. So. Last weekend, we did the Oscars party for the four Deep Bets crew. That's all the gambling subscribers. Those of you that followed us when we had our Discord, we did um, Tommy G After Dark and all these shows all the time. Since we're launching the new website soon, you know, could be could be next week. It could be three weeks. But soon, uh, we want to get back into integrating you guys into the Discords and stuff like that. So we're going to open up a Discord voice chat for free. For everybody, you don't get to sign up for a gambling package or anything. You just come right in. Uh, you'll have access to it for the night, and then we'll close it out at the end of the night. That could be 5 a.m. for all I know. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do this a little more frequently until the site is up. But uh, we're going to do a Grammys party, an Illuminati fucking party, where we sit there and talk about all the satanic shit that's going on. We'll be having bets on it. Uh, we're going to do it in the Discord. We will let you guys know on Twitter and Instagram and all that how to get in. So as the Grammys are approaching on Sunday night, Make sure you're following my accounts. They're all at Tommy G Returns, whether it's Truth or Instagram or Twitter. Um, Instagram has a two after it. Uh, and you can follow Bobby's accounts. They're all at Bob's Lessons on all the different platforms. So mm -hmm. follow us if you're not already. And we'll be sending out the links to you guys for Sunday. And it's going to be me, Bobby, and Bill Rupp. And we're just going to fucking wild out and drink and talk shit on the pedophiles and the Satanists all fucking show and hopefully win some money on uh, some bets. So that is this Sunday. Make sure you guys are in there for that. Make sure you guys keep your eyes peeled and uh, we'll have some fun with it, Bob. Yeah, I'm enjoy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy the Grammys talk. And and Bill even had a uh, he told me that there was a bet uh, on whether or not somebody's going to get slapped at the Grammys and it's mm -hmm. at plus twenty five hundred. I would hammer that shit because yes. I know musicians, somebody's going to make a joke of that shit. Yep, I agree. I said the same thing. So you could bet one dollar to win twenty five dollars, or a hundred to win twenty five hundred, on if someone's going to be slapped at the Grammys. Uh, I told Bill, hammer that. You got on the phone call without hearing me, and you reiterated the same exact sentiment. So someone's going to do a joke, a skit, 
and get slapped on stage, I think. So I think that's crazy odds. The other thing so, I'm uh, looking forward to, because it's very interesting, uh, Foo Fighters was supposed to play. And then mm. we talked about last episode. Go listen to it right now. Um, the drummer dies. So the big thing I'm looking for is... Say, yeah, yeah, don't go deep into the Foo I'm, Fighters. I'm, I'm that's that a separate category, but tease it. The yeah. only thing I'm going to say is this. is I'm, I want to know who's behind the kit when Foo Fighters plays. I think that's going to be really important. Not just for, you know... For the, the the music sake, but for the symbolic sake, who's going to be behind that kit? I I, I it's either going to be Dave Grohl because that sounds perfect, you know, sacrifice somebody than sit in his fucking throne, because um, mm-hmm. he was a drummer for Nirvana, or it's going to be Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who we met or we talked about last episode, and all the fucking uh, magic chaos magic that goes mm-hmm. along with that band too. So I think those are your two options. If if we were to make a bet, I would put Dave Grohl at minus one eighty and Chad Smith at about plus three fifty. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, that's your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and at the end of the show, I have basically three categories we're going to cover. And this um, kind of it. there's not much structure here. Right. Me and Bobby basically were on the phone last night. We started digging down rabbit holes. We started, you know, looking into the conspiracy side of the smack and all that. Um, and then we got deep down like fucking Quincy Jones, Tupac, fucking Puff Daddy, Will Smith rabbit holes and some shit that I had no fucking idea about that I found out last night that we're going to share with you guys. So I don't even know if this ends up being about the fucking Oscars, but there's a lot tied to fucking Will Smith, as we know, and Quincy and Tupac and all that. So basically, Bob, I broke this down into three categories. I just have random scribble on a paper from our talking last night. I have the Grammys, Will Smith's life, and the conspiracy side of the Oscars. So So that's all we're going to cover. Grammys, Will Smith's life, and conspiracy behind the Oscars? Yeah, Will okay. Smith's life will include the Tupac, the Quincy Jones, the Godfather, Puff Daddy shit. So we'll break that out. All right. So, and and again, we're probably not, we're going to try not to make this two hours. Um, but I just want to get through this, bang through this, hammer out the other side of it. And uh, we'll end with the Grammys. So we'll do the conspiracy side of the Oscars first. We did that on the last episode. Make sure you listen to it. On the last episode, we explained why, uh, whether it was real or fake, why there was intent for Will Smith to go smack Chris Rock and get his brand back and get his name back. I'm going to talk about that a little more here. Um, and on this side, we're going to, we, we uh, everyone thinks we live in a fucking echo chamber. We don't like to do that. We like to talk about both sides. So on this side, this pod, we're going to talk more about if this was scripted, here's why and here's how. And here's the reasons why it would be scripted, the whole thing. Because you can make valid cases for both sides. And I want to put both of them out there, and I know Bob does too. So we'll start there. Let's start picking up where we left off from episode 65. Mm-hmm. So in our digging, Bob, we went very heavy into some information that came out after the pod. Yeah. Right? We found a lot of things as we're diving in that make us uh, very skeptical about this. I don't know what you want to start with, but uh, I'll, I'll follow your lead. Here. Well, I mean, I, I wrote down a couple of things. You know, a lot of things transpired right after uh, we got off the air. But um, I, you know, I would like to go a little bit further into the slap itself. And I know you found an interesting tape. We talk a lot. We talked about chaos magic last episode, and we also talk about predictive programming last episode. And there was a lot of stuff that came out. One of the videos that you sent me that I found interesting, uh, I don't remember which Wayans brother it was, but did a whole, uh, he did an impression of Chris Rock at an mm-hmm. award show that was spot on, by the way. And yeah, he t- amazing. Which included him telling a joke that made somebody come from the audience and smack the shit out of him. And, right. and he so was on he, the ground going, go to hell, go to hell. So it was Damon Wayans. Yeah. Okay. And he 
I always mix up which ones. I, I don't think, think it was Damon. I don't think it was. Was it Damon? I think so. Okay. Um, I don't think it matters. I, think, was, I mean, the way- oh, no, no, no. You know what? You know what? I don't think it was. I'm mixing them up. Damon Wayans sent a tweet, which I just forgot to put down. Yeah. Damon Wayans tweet yesterday after our podcast was at least now we know who killed Tupac. Oh, see. I mean, like you couldn't do that before the show. Oh. Like. I mean, we're sitting here. I'm doing a whole fucking episode on Will Smith killing Tupac and Damon fucking Wayans with his 400,000 followers after the smack writes, at least now we know who killed Tupac. Bro, like what? Like, first of all, if you're not in this game, like, how would you even know where that fucking tweet comes from? You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's unfucking believable. And the other 99% of people don't even know what it means. Yeah. Now, unless well, you're hold on, actually, hold on, hold on. Here, let me, let me prove it to you. The first comment that pops up is okay. Hold up. I missed the bus on this one. <laughs> you killed Tupac. You know, and everyone's like, wait, what? Like no one even knows they're talking about. Will. right. Right. And you know, the other thing about it that I was thinking of is, um, the Wayans brothers were Will Smith before Will Smith was Will Smith. Yes. They were the first originators of that, like, go- and I'll just say it, goofy, the goofy black humor, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. um, a lot of things, this happens in art, this happens in entertainment, like Led Zeppelin were known thieves of, of you know, black blues musicians. And uh, I mean, they stole, everybody steals, but um, even in comedy, people steal. We saw Carlos Mencia mm-hmm. steal entire acts, and that was a big deal that's ruined comedians' careers. With Dane Will- Cook stole fucking yeah. whole axe. Yeah, stole. yeah. Dane Cook stole whole axe. So with Will Smith, I, there was a lot of thievery, I believe, from artists like you know, like the Wayans brothers. Um, you know, anything from In Living Color, and even like Martin Lawrence, who was coming up at the same time. And coincidentally, they ended up doing a movie together. Um, and Chris Rock did a movie with Martin Lawrence. So they were all kind of like borrowing off of each other's styles. But with Will Smith, I feel like he's always had an identity crisis, dude. And and I feel uh-huh. like this this way this whole Wayans brother thing, you know, should be brought up and brought into the fold because what the fuck happened to the Wayans brothers, man? They were the kings of comedy. Keenan Ivory had his own show. Mm-hmm. Damon Wayans was like the one of the biggest box office, you know, comedians of of the night. I mean, dude, Major Pain was one of my favorite movies mm-hmm. of all time, and, and I, you don't really hear much about them anymore. And Will kind of almost like took on their persona and went with it. I mean, it's it's basically uh, you. There's so much to talk. Everything we're gonna be all over the place because everything ties to something else. The same way that Will Smith got the Fresh Prince job, right? He was he wasn't. We'll get into that in like 30 minutes. But uh, he was he was willing to sell his soul and his ass, Mm -hmm. which were the comments from the person he took the spot from, who was supposed to be Will Smith in the show before Will Smith. But that's what it comes down to, you know. Like the the Wayans brothers and all them probably were all it. And then when shit got sideways where they had to start doing shit they didn't feel comfortable with or started seeing shit they didn't feel comfortable with, they just fucking phase you out. You're gone. I think that's why I say to get to Will Smith's level, you got to do way more than fucking sell your soul. I mean, you got to be you got to have some pedophilia videos out. You got to have been raped by some old Jewish. Yeah. And it's got to be recorded. All of it. And it's on video. (laughs) And there's a line for everyone. Yeah. Right. So the Wayans brothers probably saw the line. And said, we're not willing to go that far. So here you go, next crew. We'll just shut up and step aside. Yeah, uh, Patrice O'Neill described this as a beast. And, and Patrice O'Neill, I always talk about as a comedian that that is like Chris Rock times 10 as far as quality, mm-hmm. but ne- you don't know his fucking name. 
because he never went to the belly of the beast. And he said, you have to feed the beast. And, and, and if you don't feed the beast, it spits you back out and puts you into the back of the line. So this is what we're talking about, about selling your soul and selling your ass. There are some people that are willing to go into the belly of the beast to make a million dollars a week. Mm-hmm. And there are others that are unwilling to do it. But here's the other thing. You got to feed the beast continuously. And if you don't, the beast gets hungry and it'll it'll fucking spit you out and you got to go to the back of the line. That's why when you see people get rape charges pinned on them or whatever it is, like a public humiliation and then or they just disappear. and You don't hear from them anymore. They were at the top and then all of a sudden you you forget their names. That That's because they didn't pay their fucking dues, yeah. man. You got to pay. I mean, you got to sacrifice children and shit. And it's yeah. not when you when we say sacrifice children. I think everyone always thinks it means you have to literally kill no, your child. No. no, no. Snoop Dogg sacrificed his child. He was literally a fucking superstar football player. All of a sudden, he went after Gail King. Next thing you know, his son's on a fucking magazine in a dress. Mm-hmm. Will Smith sacrificed his fucking child. Look at this fucking kid. I mean, he went from like, you know, this, you know, the little Jaden Smith, who was this talented, sharp kid. Now his fucking pink hair. He looks like he's fucking dying of AIDS and he's all fucking weird. I think like, uh, uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Wade, Wade. Um, Dwayne Wade's kid was friends with Larry Johnson's kid. They used to play together. Right. Larry Johnson was on this podcast. He said, I used to go to D Wade's house. His kid was not gay at all. Yeah. Like straight alpha. All of a sudden, D Wade fucking starts getting involved with LeBron and starts getting all the TV shows, and then his son's fucking trans now. Yeah, like you, you make the sacrifice in one way or the other. And the other one, um, that and this this name's going to come up multiple times in this podcast. P Diddy, uh, sacrifice, sacrifice, not literally, but um, his son, whose name is Quincy Brown, and we're going to explain why Qu- the name Quincy is so important. Um, and he even, I don't, I don't know if you remember when they used to do those Sweet Sixteens on MTV. Uh, there was one about P. Diddy's son, uh, adopted son, Quincy Brown, and they did a, the, a Sweet 16 about him. So you're seeing a lot of things with, with the children of a lot of these big name stars, you know, getting sacrificed in one way or another, you know, or even just even just putting on public display, you know, and that's part of fed their embarrassment or whatever you want to talk fed about. To fed to Hollywood, the beast. Right? Fed and, and to the beast, right? And some of beast. it is just conditioning. The same thing with the trans movement, how they're talking about like 21% of uh, kids and like are fucking identifying as gay or trans or LGBTQ compared to like 10% the year before. I mean, listen, you could pull the whole like, oh, they're just more comfortable to come out now. No, it's conditioning. Yeah. They're being fucking brainwashed. They're being fucking fed into the beast by their teachers, by society, by their friends. And that's the same thing Hollywood does. Sometimes these kids literally are good kids. Uh, if you read, if you watch the documentary on Hugh Hefner and the girl that used to stay, that was friends. I forget who it was. It was a big name guy's daughter. He used, she used to live in the mansion, basically. And she was a good kid and fun and always wanted to be a playmate until she started getting older. And then Hugh Hefner tried to fuck her when she was underage and she was seeing all this shit. And then she just fucking got all fucked up in the head. Mm-hmm. Because if you're fed into this world, like the Jaden Smith, whose mom and dad are fucking just sex addict, cult swinger, fucking maniacal retards. You're going to be a fucked up sex mania. And here's, you know, so here's the other thing, you know, and I talked about chaos magic and a lot of these rituals and occult rituals. I think some people get invited to these parties or, you know, have you ever been to a party where they end up busting out shit and you're like, man, I don't want to be at this fucking party anymore. Or you go to the party and afterwards you're like, I shouldn't have done that, but it's already too fucking late. I think some you of you want to talk about it, Bob. You want to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, plenty, plenty of people have woken up the next morning and been like, oh, fuck, I should not have gone there. Or oh, why, is my, why is my ass hurt? <laughs> exa- well, actually, yeah, that's an important point. 
that's a I, we're, we can allude to that too because Tupac had had an instance like that. You know, not necessarily that his ass hurt, but that he woke up in a in an interesting situation, then got a rape charge pinned on him. You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of times they they you end up at these parties, and these are good people that end up going and getting involved with the beast and. You can tell the ones that don't enjoy it. You know, a lot of times they'll either. Di- I, I feel like uh, Eddie Murphy. You know, like like he, I he did his one. If he's in, he didn't do stand up comedy for years. He did his one stand up comedy special. He did a couple Hollywood movies, and then he just fucking disappeared, man. Well, all of a sudden you heard him banging trannies in the bathroom and shit like that, and then he just fell off. A then map. he just fell off a map. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I find these things interesting. How how different people's careers kind of uh, work out like that. Right. Let's get this back on. So Wayans brothers, right? So the uh, the tweet from Damon Wayans, uh, at least we now know who killed Tupac. I mean, that was just my mic drop. Like, okay, good. I'm not fucking crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, Wayans also comes into place. And what we're just talking about a video, which you guys need to go back. It was not Damon. Uh, I mixed them up. It was one of the other Wayans brothers. But if you search on YouTube or Google, you can do it right now while you're listening. You can always watch these things without sound. Um, It's better with sound, obviously. But the end of it. Uh, Bobby's so ADD and retarded that I sent him a two minute clip of it and he only watched a minute 30 seconds. <laughs> that's why I say he's 50% millennial retard somehow still, even though he's like fucking 40 years old. It was Sean so, Wayans, who's Sean hilarious, Wayans. by the way. So he yeah. did an impersonation hosting uh, Grammys, Oscars, whatever the fuck it was. I think it was MTV Awards. Who cares? Uh, hosting as Chris Rock. So he's doing the Chris Rock impersonation. He was nailing it. He was making fun of everybody. And then he pissed off, you know, so many people in the audience as like the spoof. At the end, as a joke, they had someone come up on stage and smack Chris Rock, who was Wayans, in the face. And then all the offended, you know, actors in the in the audience, it was fake, uh, jumped him and were stomping on him and beating his ass on stage. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about predictive programming. You want to talk about our whole world as a simulation. Nothing, none of this is real. Everything is fucking fake. They literally did an Oscars scene. Uh, at the MTV mu- Musical Awards of Chris Rock getting jumped on stage for saying offensive jokes to people and that started off with a smack in the face. Yeah, it, it, like, yeah and the other part of the predictive programming is um, uh, Will Smith was on some Spanish television show where he, in Spanish, uh, got on to the, whoever the host was of the show for saying something about his wife and basically said, you know, keep my wife's name out of your mouth in Spanish to this dude. Like for, Did he? Yes. I didn't even see that. Yeah, I saw it on, uh, someone sent it to me. It was a TikTok video, and it was from like two or three years ago. So there's predictive programming on both sides. I'll give, you, no, I'll give you another one. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith in November, I believe it was November of 2021, was at some event for kids where he was a speaker and he brought a kid on stage. You can check the video. Just go to YouTube. This is all there, guys. No, nothing we're saying we're making up. We've researched this shit all fucking. We were up for like 20 hours. Um, went on stage at this event for kids and taught the kid how to take a fake slap. Mm. You can go right on YouTube and just go Will Smith fake slap little kid. And he fucking went on stage. And says, That's a weird doing. thing to search for. I ran into it, obviously, through an article <laughs> in my rabbit hole. I mean, like, imagine if Ashley oh, comes home and she's like, goes on the internet, and she sees Will Smith fake slap little kid. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Anyway, yeah, I saw that video. That was interesting. Yeah, and he, so this was just like six months ago. He was on there teaching a little kid how to take a fake slap. In Hollywood. Mm. Guess what the kid's name was? What? Chris. Oh, wow. I mean, like, this shit is just fucking... And, and individually, they're all coincidences, maybe, right? 
But when you add them up, the multitude of coincidences, you want another one? Sure. Fucking remember the last time Will Smith smacked a reporter? No. Okay. So there was a reporter at an event, at a red carpet event for Men in Black 3. Mm. Okay. And the guy came up and he's a foreign guy. And he came up and he kissed Will Smith on the cheek, like one of those. And remember, he went to like kiss him in the mouth. Dude, I do remember that. I and do. Will Smith mushed his face and then backhand slapped him and got fucking pissed, right. raging pissed. Right? Yeah, I do. I do remember that. You want to shit your pants? Was his name with Chris too? No, better than that. <laughs> Way better than that. Way better than that. Quincy Jones is uh, a strange son. Way better than that. <laughs> oh God. You ready? Yeah. I didn't even tell you this for a show because I wanted to drop this on you on the show. All right. He was a Ukrainian reporter. Oh, oh no, I'm not done. At the Moscow premiere for <laughs> Men in Black. He was a Ukrainian reporter at the Russian premiere for Men in Black the last time Will Smith smacked someone in public. Wow. I'm pretty sure there's some shit going on with Ukraine and, Ros and Russia right now. Wow. That, that's that's unbelievable. What the fuck are the chances of that? Yeah, so like you've got ties to the Russian Ukraine, and I've got you know me me famously calling out India, saying they're secretly taking over the world. You know, uh, I sent you that article about uh, Chris Rock, mm -hmm. two thousand nine. Yeah. Chris Rock does a documentary on called Good Hair, which is about I mean, what the, fuck the nine billion dollar hair industry for black women and the whole thing yeah, yeah. is about wow. how important hair is to women it says the complicated relationship between black women and their hair you know so one of the th the interesting thing about it is like in this article that i'm reading it was his only and first documentary too yes so that's a that's a that's a moment you're not going to forget it's not like he did a hundred documentaries like this was literally his first documentary on black women's hair so that's an important piece of the it's book. a yeah it's a really important piece but the other thing that i thought was interesting is that <laughs> he went from you know boutiques in brooklyn all the way to temples in fucking india of all places <laughs> so so he did this documentary in india and he said dude i go to africa all the time but india is like the fifth world it's unbelievable it's amazing how like a lot of these actors go to india and they come back completely changed even like the beatles were famous for you know having you know their short haircuts singing about love 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 they go to india and then they have this transcendental experience and come back completely different changed people and now chris rock's going on this tour called ego death and a lot of the indian yeah, Buddhist, we gotta get into yeah. yeah a lot of the indian buddhist philosophy is about you know destruction and breaking down of the ego so um I want you to pull up that 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 screenshot you sent me about ego death, where you read that thing of what ego death is. Like, oh, okay. Know, Wikipedia or whatever. See if, see if you can get that up. All right. Uh, while I talk here for a second, so let me give you another one. So, um, the I don't even know where I want to go here because there's so many fucking places to go with this. The funny thing about all this is that the last time Will Smith, like, literally, could have gone to jail for hitting someone. OK, um, he's not going to go to jail for a little backhanded slap on that reporter. He definitely invaded his personal space. And, you know, it was it was if I'm going to say it's warranted, it was warranted to like get the fuck mm -hmm. out of my way, uh, not to necessarily smack him. But um, the get dude did look like a prankster. I don't know if it was a prank or wasn't a prank, but um, that, that was warranted. The last time and a lot of people don't know about this. This came by digging. I forgot about this, too. The last time Will Smith had a very serious physical altercation uh, that rivaled this one was when he was arrested in 1989. 
over an assault. Don't quote me on that year. Let me see. Um, let me let me just make sure I don't want to turn. When did parents just don't understand come out? Uh, let me look. Understand release date. I just want to make sure I don't want to spread false lies and propaganda. Yep, I'm right. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so 1988, uh, parents just don't understand came out. This is a very important part of what we're going to talk about in a little bit too. So Will Smith first came on the scene with this corny video that we all loved. I mean, it was cool. I was fucking nine, so it was great. But um, parents just don't understand. His first song with DJ Jazzy Jeff. That's what put him on. That's what made him popular. That's what got him fucking huge. That's what made him all his money. In 88, that song debuted. In 1989, Will Smith was arrested over an assault that nearly left a man blind after he received his first Grammy. Okay? So Will Smith receives his first Grammy, and he gets... Uh, you can see the the photos. The... the the What do they call them? Fucking... The, Mugshots. Yep. You can see his mugshots on the internet. Oh, story. Yeah. And then he sent his bodyguard to literally, I think he said, like, kill him or attack him or something like a, like a pit bull. But uh, yeah, he got arrested over an assault charge right when he got his first Grammy. And now you're talking about Will's biggest. That was for music. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about Will's biggest uh, theater award, movie award. And he has another physical altercation, which very well could have led to charges and an assault. So that's a little coincidental when you start to add that in. Is that some sort of sacrifice? Is that some sort of, you know, pay the piper or is he just a fucking maniac or is it just a coincidence? But yeah, I just, you know, so there's, there's so many angles here. So we talked about Will Smith, um, you know, the, the fresh print show, he wanted to reinvent the fresh print image, not being as goofy, take himself Mm -hmm. more seriously. On the other end, you have Chris Rock, who's, who's about to start a tour, um, you know, and, and ticket sales boomed after, um, you know, mm-hmm. after the slap. But here's my thing. These actors and and comedians, they, there's always something going on to promote. Right. But but you have to yeah. think about it like this. When do they go on the late night shows and talk when they have a book coming out, when they have a, mm-hmm. you know, so there's always diff- okay. strange different ways to promote themselves. But, you know, if, if we look a little bit deeper than that, you know, um, I, I, th- I think it's a, it's a it, it, this is why it's so hard to break this stuff down because if you look at how everybody's reacted afterwards, right? Like, like it seems like Chris Rock is the one who, who all the comedians are siding with. So realistically, this doesn't really look good for Will Smith. So if it was Will Smith's, you know, idea to help promote his image, it doesn't really seem like it's working that well for him. It almost seems like it's backfiring. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's the thing, like it's hard to take a strong stand Because, you know, the other side of it, which is definitely the real side, and and we can merge these worlds, is that scripted, unscripted, uh, I mentioned on the last podcast that those fucking tweets and Instagram lives about the fucking, we're going to cause chaos. We're going to, you know, we're going to be everyone's enemy that night. I said, this this looks like this was planned, right? Yeah. I 100%, no matter what, whether you're saying it was fake or it was real, I know for a fact Will Smith wanted this to happen, knew what he was about to do, whether it was a rage fit where he walked up and smacked him or whether they had planned it a day before or months before. Will Smith knew at this award show that he was going up there if maybe it was no matter what or maybe it was if a joke happened or maybe it was pre-planned with Chris Rock. He knew he was going up there to smack Chris Rock and to fucking do something to get his brand back, right? right? Like you said, there are two men rebranding at the same time in opposite directions. So that is my certainty because this did too much good 
for Will on the thing he's been the most insecure about, the gay rumors when he was younger, the fucking being a cornball rapper, uh, his wife going and fucking other dudes. Like, you know, all the memes online are about fucking Jada sucking dick and fucking Will smacked Chris Rock instead of August who fucked his wife. So he needed to, and he's got the, the Bel Air show coming out where he's trying to be an alpha again. So Will Smith cared more about a rebranding than anything else during this award show. Yeah. He needed to go become an alpha. And that's why it doesn't matter what side of the conspiracy you're on. Will Smith knew what he was doing. Yes. None of this was random. No, blackout. none of it he was. He knew what he was doing, whether it was scripted or not. Yeah. I almost think that it's not as important as, as you know, what's happened. And, you know, I that's why when we emphasize the word chaos and that he said that beforehand and then. We did discuss the the chaos magic ritual. I found it interesting that the person that Jada uh, Pinkett Smith had the entanglement with, uh, August Alsina, afterwards, after the award show, after all this happened, he had an Instagram post, and this is what he wrote. I'll just I'll just read it. First of all, I can't understand half of it, but that's fine. It says, choose peace, trusting that life's intricate puzzle pieces are all forming together for the greater good, mastering of the seasonally sometimes chaotic nature of your life's art piece that's being formed and painted by birthing life to your internal masterpiece grown through external chaos metamorphosing alchemy dark turn to light and beauty within then turn master yada 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 so why the Jesus. fuck is this guy talking about it's like alistair crowley chaos and metamorphosing alchemy in a fucking instagram post one day after all this happened and one day or one or two days after Will Smith claimed that they're going to bring chaos to this show. I mean, like, what the I fuck mean, is going on? I mean, it's 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 there's too much. There's too much. and It's too obvious. Right. The the other rebranding here, too, if you want to break it down. Will Smith want, has been dying to become a man. Once we go into Will Smith's life and we really break it, I'm going to break it. down. I told you last time I was going to break it down from Pac and Jada. We're going to break this shit down in 1980 fucking eight. Okay, we started at 1997 last time. We're breaking this down from 88, okay, on this pod from Will Smith because shit just got a lot more fucked up and deeper about the, the whole life of all these guys, yeah. the entanglement of Puffy, Quincy, Tupac, and Will. Well, can I say but, something before you get into it and yeah, hold your yeah. thought? Because no, I'm, not, I'm not getting into it right now. But uh, yeah, just no, hold that thought because I'll forget about this. It's a common theme, and I said this, and I'll say it again. When you go straight, you get killed. You get taken out. You get taken out of the club right so for example uh, i think the beatles went straight they stopped touring then john lennon gets killed tupac uh you know and we'll get into the article that was written in vice he talks about how people were trying to kill him and he felt like he, there was more of a responsibility he quit drugs he started going clean uh -huh. he gets killed jfk who had mob ties then he went clean. Bro, kobe was kobe was going to church kobe all of a sudden, was going to was church freaking out writing documentaries malcolm x whacked. all of a sudden wants peace over chaos marilyn he gets taken monroe out. marilyn monroe you got this august alcina guy that's talking about peace he's the one that didn't end up with jada now he's talking about all this shit afterwards almost giving clues to the chaotic nature you even have chris rock who seems like he almost mm -hmm. wants to get out of it it's called ego death the death of the ego it's a spiritual journey he comes back from india now he's talking about ego death and now he gets slapped in the fucking face on the biggest fucking stage which is the ultimate death of the ego if you want to yeah. talk about the most like belittling I mean experience is getting smacked in front of not only is it a made man smacking a made man but it's in front of every other made man and woman in the industry on national tv you want to talk about everyone everyone's talking about the they're leaving out the most important thing 
Will Smith is trying to rebrand because everyone thinks he's a Pussy. bitch. So you're getting smacked by a bitch. I know he's bigger than you, and everyone talks about a little Chris Rock. Chris Rock ain't fucking 5'6", five, 5'10". Five, okay? So, yes, he's smaller than Will, but he's not a fucking little, little person. Yeah. You know, like, he's he's still, you know, he's still a man. Everyone's like, oh, he was 57. Will Smith's 53. You know, like, I mean, I think this isn't... A- I think Chris Rock challenged him, dude. I think he was like, I think... Chris Rock knows he's a bitch and was like, all right. He obviously yeah. knows that the hair joke is the lowest thing you could do. He did a documentary did on a hair. Whole documentary. Hair. So he knew the hair joke was the was the deepest cut you probably could do for a woman. If anybody knows about hair jokes, it's him, right? I mean, dude, did you read the last sentence of the hair thing? Uh, what, the hair article? From Chris, the quote, yeah. He said, because women spend so much time yeah. and money on their hair, Chris says men are more forced to adopt a hands-off policy. Yeah. You cannot touch a black woman's hair. Bingo. You are conditioned to not even go there, he says. When I was a dating guy, I dated women, blah, blah, blah. But he literally did a whole documentary on the importance of not fucking with a black woman's and hair. Then, and then he fu- talk about it or anything. Yeah, and then he and fucked then he went it. there. Yep. Right. So he either tried to punk him. Uh, it was either planned. Punk test. You know, we talked about the punk test? Him. Yeah. That was a punk yeah. test. Or it was all scripted. And and you could argue easily that it was all scripted because with you, I like to attack things vehemently from the other side. That's yeah. why everyone's like, I got, did you see this post? And I'm like, it's fake. I like to start there and work my way towards the easy place for me to go that it's all real, that the conspiracy is real. So when you said to me, Chris Rock, ego death tour, first thing I saw the padding on the cheek, right? Mm-hmm. That Photoshopped image and I blacked out on Instagram because you people are fucking assholes. <laughs> okay. I want you to fucking, not, not you, Bob. Oh, fucking. I'm talking to the fucking 80,000. You people are fucking idiots. Any of you who retweeted that. You're irresponsible. You're a joke. And you should smack yourself in the fucking face. Okay? I'm so sick of this side of the fucking movement. The people that are supposed to be about truth and not clickbait and not virtue signaling. Just irresponsibly retweeting things that are blatant fucking lies that took two minutes of research to debunk. It's been pissing me off since the Q stuff started. That's what got me a little teed off on that side of the aisle. And it's just gone fucking nuclear where the rights become the left. And that's a podcast that we're doing next, barring something crazy at the Grammys. But that's our next podcast about fucking how this side of the aisle fucking sucks. Okay? You people fucking suck. If you circulated that, you fucking suck. You're a garbage person. All right? I hope you turn this off and never listen again because you're an embarrassment. That's why the notion of truth social... uh, When you told me that a tweet is called a truth, like it it really makes me want to create an account and just post disinformation. I just want to post... Dude, you don't need to. Just go on there. I'm fucking... The whole... My whole timeline is fucking nonsense. But the... uh, the, the, Like you're an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment to free thinking. You're an embarrassment to the movement. You're an embarrassment to free thought and truth. (laughs) You are because it's your responsibility, especially if you have a following, even if something's awesome. Do you know what shit comes across my desk a day in the discord and Twitter and Instagram and DMs? How many people just funnel me information? And maybe me and Bobby talk about that's going to be the great thing about the site and the forums and all the stuff we're going to have that we're not going to need to do as much research because you guys are better than us at it half the time. All we need to do is fact check it, right, which is an important part of the equation. Do you know how much shit comes across that I would, I would, I would fucking kill for it to be real? I would kill for this to be true, but I spend five minutes trying to debunk it. And you know how pissed off I am when I debunk it and it's fake. I don't fucking retweet it. 
Mm-hmm. And then if I do retweet it by accident, because everyone has always done it. I mean, I just did it today. Fucking Nikos calls me up and sends me a story. Fucking fuck Nikos. Fucking mad at him. Sends me a story about Josh Donaldson on the Yankees, who I love. And I love that they got him because I think he's going to be a clubhouse leader and he's an alpha and he's a man. A fucking story that was on the internet today that Ghost is telling me about. He's like, did you see about Donaldson? I'm like, no, what happened? He's like, bro, the Yankees lost their second preseason game in a row because I feel the team has no discipline. And Donaldson walked in the locker room. They were all playing music. He actually took the speaker and threw it across the room and broke it and stormed out and said, this isn't how we act. And I was fucking so excited, right? Like leadership on the Yankees, finally. And I fucking, I'm like, send me the link. And he sends me the link and it's like fucking uh, porch sports or something. It's got 20,000. I'm like, cool. I just take it. I quote tweet it. This is what we need. Blah, blah, blah. Not and true. then I'm fucking looking at it and I go and fucking look and it's a fucking satire fucking account. Oh, dude. So I literally went the second someone pointed out to me, Tommy, that's a satire account. I was like, fuck. And I deleted the tweet immediately because I don't want it circulating anymore. I blocked that account. Because if you're going to do a satire sports account, like, fuck you, dude. I don't need to. I'm so sick of these these accounts, these fucking fake accounts spreading fake shit. I you don't like the Babylon Bee, dude? I posted, I posted it. Um, if you, like, uh, a Babylon Bee that everyone knows it's bullshit. Yeah, like the Onion back okay. in the day. Yeah, but if there's 100,000 of them with logos that are massive. Like, the logo was the New York Post logo. Uh, you know, like, yeah, if yeah. you're going to start, like, be the corny, like, be a blatant satire. Right. And I love it. But if you're hiding... Trying to get a gotcha. <laughs> like, that's just fucked up. But, um, and then I posted something saying, my bad on that. Fuck Night Ghost. He did it to me. But that's why I don't trust people. And you shouldn't trust people either. If you retweeted that fucking pad on the cheek of Chris Rock, you're an irresponsible idiot and you need to stop tweeting. Just listen to the podcast and retweet what we tell you because everything we're telling you is at least vetted, even if it's wrong. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is, like, I, I try to look, I, I, I try to take the Occam's razor philosophy, you know, as much like the simplest solution usually is, is the correct one. And you think of all the elements that would have to go, this dude would have to put a pad on his face for the whole fucking no segment. Like, honestly, dude, if you're going to take a slap, it's even a in a WWE style, take a fucking smack, you know? Dude, it's a smack, yeah. Bob. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's not like he was throwing him off a stage where he had a helmet under his hair. Like, <laughs> for fucking smack, dude. Yeah. Stop it. Like, and then eight K because it makes everyone look bad. Because I was actually talking to my friend literally last night about, and he doesn't believe most of this shit. I was like, yeah. So I got a theory on this. He's like, oh, you fucking idiots! You also think Chris Rock got a pad on his fucking face? Like it discredits everything I'm gonna say. Yeah. Because some jerk off got fifty thousand retweets on something that was fake, and it makes us look bad. Stop retweeting shit just because you want it to be true. Anyway. Um, back to the rebranding. So the ego death tour, um, I actually jumped on initially, right? Saying you, no, that's bullshit. I would have sworn he just renamed the tour. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I dug and found out this has been the name of the tour for six months mm. that I literally went like up 20% more from where I was at on this whole thing being staged. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are the odds? That you're naming your comedy tour the Ego Death Tour. And then you get smashed. As in the you just face. experienced the biggest ego death, maybe in all of Hollywood right. ever. Live in front I of mean, the largest there's audience. There's no bigger ego death than getting smacked like a bitch on yeah. the biggest stage. Yeah. I mean, that so now, yeah, like now I'm like, all right, maybe he wasn't on I it. I mean, is this his ticket out? Like, okay, you uh, want out of this motherfucker? You're gonna have to get smacked. We're either gonna kill you, kill somebody, or you're gonna get smacked like a bitch yeah. at the Oscars. I mean, listen, it's uh, 
It's, I mean, if you research Kelly you and down. alopecia joke sponsor, so Pfizer fucking pain. Right, we're getting into that right now. <laughs> so, but I mean, the uh, the ego death thing is was my big. Everyone's like, Pfizer sponsored the Oscars. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Like, I know, yes, yeah, we're going to talk about that right here. But like, this is what d- disappoints me too. When I asked on all the social media platforms, like, hey, give me anything you can find, like, dig deep, like, let me know why you think this was staged because Pfizer sponsored the fucking words and now patient so is coming. That's too easy. I mean, easy. come on, do be better. I'm like, surprised better. nobody sent me, you know, these are things we found, like, with the amount of people that send us stuff, nobody mentioned anything about good hair. Nobody mentioned yeah, anything no, about the ego. We had to find it all last night. I'm worried about I, our forum now. I'm actually I, that's what I'm saying. I'm worried dude. about it's like, it. Dude, did we like, did we fucking train these people or what? <laughs> like, do you really think me and Bobby didn't know that fucking Pfizer's like, come on, bro. <laughs> Literally. Uh, come on. Come on. You're talking to the godfather of rabbit holes. Me and Bobby, and fuck, we don't know the fucking fight. Yeah, of course we knew that. We found out after the podcast. So here, here uh, did, did you also know that fucking Pfizer sponsors every everything. single fucking event? They probably every single fucking event that went on. If you'd like to fucking <laughs> see it, uh, let me play it for you here. Since this was my most viral fucking uh, reel that I've ever had since I got deleted, one point two million views. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. And it goes on. Can we also talk and about on. how it's, it sounds on. like it sounds like it's the same dude's voice. Every <laughs> single, I feel like every. they have one guy. That does like Dude. the, you know, like in a world where <laughs> Pfizer world. sponsors everything. <laughs> and that goes on and on and on. They sponsor the Super Bowl. They're sponsoring the Oscars. They're probably going to sponsor the Grammys. They're fucking sponsoring every fucking event. And then you get people going, well, alopecia, they have a new alopecia drug coming out. Pfizer has 1,700 new drugs coming out. Like, that, like so, so, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm with it. This definitely adds to the conspiracy that Pfizer has an alopecia drug that they're pushing. I mean, I haven't heard about it until today, so it's not like they were promoting it. But yeah, I mean, that that's a part. That's good. Like, that's fucking like first grade conspiracy theory. Like, I'm, I'm with it. Mm-hmm. We'll add it, you know, to the equation, of course. And then, well, alopecia is one of the side effects of COVID. Um, well, actually, shit dick, you're the same people that were posting the fucking list of 5,800 side effects of the vaccine. So what is not a side effect of the vaccine? Blood clocks, tiredness, uh, uh, blood thinning, alopecia, hair loss, fucking cough, and digestion, loss of voice, like fucking uh, paralysis. Like there's a fucking list of 4,800 right, right. things that are. Side- so so it do- is it valid? Should it be spoken about? A hundred percent. We should mention that Pfizer sponsored it. We should mention that alopecia drugs coming out. And we should mention that that is a side effect of the vaccine. What we should not do is dismiss the fact that Pfizer sponsors everything. Mm-hmm. Pfizer uh, Pfizer makes a drug for everything. everything. And the side effects of the vaccine are everything. Right? <laughs> so, so, I mean, like, you can't just be a fucking retard. Like, you got to be fair. Why are we doing a part two to our first podcast, which was a banger? It's probably our best reviewed and best downloaded one since the shadow because Pfizer's paying us to do another one because Pfizer is <laughs> sponsored by <laughs> Pfizer because 
the new information came out and we're like, you know what? There's a couple things we said on the last one that now that we have new information, maybe we got a heel turn on a little bit. Maybe we got to clear up. You don't want to have opinion out there without taking in all the info. Maybe we'll do another one on Sunday if more shit comes out. But I just don't want to linger with this was real and this and that because there's new information. Yeah. And you need to be as responsible as that. And and same thing. And just like when I – back to the ego death thing. When I saw that, it just reminded me of of all these other famous celebrities that have had an ego death type experience. Let me me just kind of read what I read, you know, so that we can kind of understand what the ego death is like philosophically. So – what it says is ego death can be described as a, as a transformation of the psyche, a shifting from senf- self-centered to completely unbiased. And the other thing about it mm-hmm. is, is that an ego death is essentially exper- is experiencing the embodying of your true nature or returning back to who you really are. However, mm-hmm. the experience of ego death is indiscriminately beautiful or it can be horrific for those who are not aware of the spiritual path. So the whole idea of an ego death is returning uh, to one's true nature, true right? Right. Cause yeah. a lot of things, um, as you get caught up in the fame, bingo. the limelight, whatever it is, bingo. and I'll talk about my thing. And so people going. like John Lennon who experienced an ego death type thing. I mean, dude, you've, I even watched this behind the foot scene footage of them and they're very selfless, but they also had, had the these, cleaning lady here, by the way, if you can hear that in the background, eh, not really. So they all have these like transcendental experiences. It's coincidentally enough. They went to India. Um, and then, uh, like I was saying with Malcolm X had an ego death type experience. And a lot of them revert to peace after they have these experiences. Now this isn't good for the beast. You know, th- this isn't good for the beast because they thrive on chaos. So if Chris rock six, six months ago is, is naming his tour ego death and he's probably experiencing something that's making me think, Hey, there's bigger things than, than fame and fortune. Um, this is the ultimate ego death type ceremony. So like I was really caught up on that after the show. I wish I'd seen that beforehand, but um, well, that's how you know. That's how you know. And, and again, I, it's only going to be a minute. She speaks zero fucking English. And I told the lady who does 20 times that can she not fucking clean in whatever. There's going to be a little noise in the background for a minute. I'm okay with but, it. But um, yeah, well, you'll deal with it. So um, the big thing about that for me, Bob, and this is how you could tell the difference between a fucking gangster in the conspiracy world and a fucking knucklehead. Me and you both jumped fucking crazily and ran at the ego death thing mm-hmm. right like you immediately and then me when i found out he didn't rename it because i saw on the internet that he renamed his tour ego death now which would make total sense and that means nothing to me then but the fact that this was named this six months ago changed my whole paradigm on this whole event and that's that's the important thing that that that's not a fucking coincidence chris rock didn't need an ego death he's been gone for five years right when's the last time you fucking seen this guy what did he what does he need an ego death for like you fucking this is very fucking weird and very fucking strange that that is the name of his tour. Um, another thing everyone's talking about, look at the ticket prices for the Chris Rock event. Yes, shit, Dick. Again, let me explain to you how tickets work, okay? You have a big thing that happens at an event, and I do agree that this a big part of this is that this could have been staged leading up to his tour so his tickets sell out, his shows sell out, 100%. That's a huge factor that his tour starts for four months for the first time in five years, right after he gets smacked to make this look staged. But when people start talking about the ticket prices at the event, I mean, of course the ticket prices are going to go up. Like he fucking, he just had a huge fucking situation. Everyone's buying them. So what happens? The first tickets to sell out at a show are the cheapest ones. 
Once this show starts selling out, everyone's ticket prices go up. The last tickets that are left are the ones that are like fucking row A and B that are $1,000 that no one can afford, right? right? So that's normal. That's not crazy that Chris Rock tickets are going for $700. I went on StubHub and it took me six seconds to realize, oh, the reason the tickets are $700 is because there's nothing left outside of the first three rows. Yeah. So like that's your musician, Bob. That's what happens as the concert starts to sell out and then people resell the cheap seats more on the internet that's just how selling out shit works that's not his ticket he didn't start selling 20 dollars tickets for 700 dollars. right you're an idiot if you think that no that that's more of a scalper taking advantage of a situation you know because the scalpers are really going to be the ones making a lot of the money off that they think chris rock raised his ticket prices fucking five like no 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 that that's straight that's straight scalper and it's great it's straight supply and demand The, the cheap tickets all disappeared um, and, and the funny thing is like you talked about, we'll get off the rebranding, but uh, we talked about two guys needing to rebrand very badly, right? One of them in their own mind, not necessarily in society's mind. I don't think anyone had a problem with either of them, you know, the regular people, but, um, Chris Rock, obviously, I mean, he's not a gangster. He's not a tough guy. He fucking hangs out with the nerdiest. He hangs out with Adam Sandler, David Spade, and fucking, you know, these, these fucking white nerds. He's like the only, he's like the token black guy in the group. Right. Mm-hmm. But so he felt, though, that he needed to change, probably because he did some soul selling, probably because he did some things uh, back in the day to get where he was that he's not proud of now that he's 50 fucking seven years old and he took five years off and he's probably trying to make it right and trying to you know get right with himself or Jesus or whatever the fuck his motivation to be a better person is. That's what disappears, right? The ego death um, symbolism and what he's doing while Will Smith is on the other end of the spectrum. He's sick of being called a pussy and a bitch, and he was just crying on TV, and his wife just fucked another dude, and he's back with her. He just launched Bel Air. He's trying to rebrand and try and become a gangster because he's a fucking Satanist. It's amazing the double rebranding that's happening here. In opposite directions. And then then the the rebranding of the Oscars, too. I mean, there's Uh so much rebranding going on. Yeah, everyone's trying to fucking turn. Will Smith is a Satanist. Like, that's a fact. But, I mean, maybe he's fucking sick fuck. Done. Scientologist. He's fucking yeah. going, dressing as Moloch at party. If Just look at, hopefully you guys watched the last po- podcast and went and looked at the birthday party for his 19-year-old daughter. Like, this, these family's fucked, right? So, whatever he's trying to do, he's trying to trying to leave a legacy. That he's a gangster and he's a bad man and he's not a cornball fucking, you know, parents just don't understand kid. Uh, because he's closet gay mm-hmm. and he can't come out with that. That's probably where a lot of his anger comes from. The funny thing, did you know Will Smith was a conspiracy theorist? Yeah, I know you touched upon it, but um, we were talking, but I know you said you were going to save it because. I'm yeah. going to do it here. Yeah. So this is from it's it's, it's quick clip. Mm-hmm. It's not long. Um, this is from long ago. I mean, it's Barbara Walters, right? So, I mean, this is like probably and he looks young as shit. This is like 20 years ago. The government was deliberately spraying coal germs in subways, was deliberately trying to make people ill with the AIDS virus. This is pretty serious stuff. Do you really feel that? Well, a good question. Well, I'm with Barbara Walters now. Oh, that's a serious one. I gotta, you know, because people are gonna chase me after this. People are gonna chase me. Um, I believe that it is quite highly possible that that the, the AIDS virus is a result of genetic warfare testing. Mm. By American agents? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Okay. So why do they always have to put in- the ominous music in the background? You know, why can't I just I hear know. the fucking interview? Anyway, go on. I kind of like it, but <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, this is back when AIDS, I mean, we all know AIDS was fucking, you know, created by the government and that there's, a where did AIDS mission. go? Where'd it go? Just left. Just gone. Peace. They t- just out, just pieced it out. Um, was there a war AIDS that was- canceled it? Kind of like how, you know, this war canceled, uh, canceled uh corona COVID. yeah COVID. did you see the new the new thing they're saying now that the new covid variant that's coming out has simpler symptoms similar to spring allergies <laughs> like i mean literally next time they're gonna be like hey we need to put a shot in you because the symptoms of this are that once a year you're gonna scratch your ear like it's 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 ridiculous like i need to go get a fucking shot for something that has spring allergy symptoms i do fucking blow party and i'm hung over half the time like that's way worse than spring allergies um but the will smith thing here was uh was the aids epidemic which we all know was fake um and they spread and they're trying to keep down the inner cities they, they, you got to remember the liberals need to keep and this was for another podcast but the liberals need to keep the inner cities down this isn't just a myth of black people making excuses that's part of it sometimes um, white people make excuses, black people make excuses, all that. But there is truth to, if you go back to Reagan with the Iran Contra and the war on drugs, there is truth to the liberals and the Democrats trying to keep the African American and Latino communities down. They're trying to keep the inner cities poor because poor people need the government, rich people don't. So they need to weaponize them, and that is part of it. So they try to keep them, you know, the diseases always hit them harder. The fucking AIDS epidemic was only hitting, like, gays and black men, right? Like, it was crazy back then. Um, But Will Smith was a conspiracy theorist. He believed the government was putting colds and flus in subways and that there were agents of the U.S. government spreading AIDS through the communities. Yeah. So if you start to think about going from that type of, like, open-minded free thinking to Scientology, to now where he's at now. Maybe Will Smith wants out. Mm. You know, so so you could play this a whole nother angle if that was his core, right? What is the ego death? It is bringing you back to your core. So if his core was that he was actually a good, lovable dude who you know was definitely bisexual and we always kept that a secret, and you know he really is a good guy who just fucking you know likes some dick every once in a while, and he got caught up with this mega star and be, having to be someone everyone wanted. Maybe this is Will's way of wanting to get back to his fucking roots and saying, fuck this. I'm going to get banned from the Oscars and I don't care. This is my ego death, too. Mm. And he really doesn't want to be the alpha. Maybe he does want to just get the fuck out. He's done. He's made enough money. I mean, if that's true, don't get in a fucking helicopter. I think we've learned that. Yeah, both these guys have to be. Stay out of a helicopter or private jet. Yeah. I mean, the the thing about Will Smith with the symbolism and everything. I've never seen one event. In all of my 38 years on this planet, one, well, I shouldn't say one event. There's been other events, but an event like this in entertainment that has so many fucking elements that like tie sync, yeah, synchro, like synchronically, synchronistically, Uh as as this event has. Sounds good. Yeah, I think both those words sounded perfect. I think they're both wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's in immediately, and I, and even as it was happening, I, you know, I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Like this is fucking history, man. Like this is. I was going nuts. I was going nuts in the Discord. I'm like, I haven't been this excited since the fucking Biggie Tupac thing. Like this is the first. Like it's fucking sick. Yeah. We know the layers. Like you know, like this is awesome because this is a cabal breakdown. Yeah, and I don't. I I just. I don't think anybody else really has this take, or you know, has laid this amount of information 
you know, out there or just, you know, like, and there's even more, man, like, um, you know, and I do want to get more into the Tupac side. So I'll kind of kick it off. You know, we were talking a lot about Quincy Jones and Tupac. Well, let, let's 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 wrap this first right. and then segue it over because I have just one or two more things okay, on this. Okay. And then go ahead. Once we get to Tupac, we ain't coming. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. So, go ahead. Yeah. So let me just wrap this. So yeah. uh, another couple conspiracy things that you should know real quick. The main ones are already out. We just talked about Jimmy Kimmel adamantly denying this was fake, going fucking off the rails, saying it's impossible. That always throws up a red flag because he's a fucking puppet. So for him to be fucking going nuts about it, that's one of the things. Uh, there was a bunch of lies. Uh, the, the Academy came out and said they asked Will Smith to leave and he refused. And now there's a story that that's a lie. And that never happened. We always say in any conspiracy, you usually, you know, kind of have multiple sides that keep changing to the story. Right. This is every time you look. The big thing is all the people who came after fucking Will, even if they didn't come after him hard, just said something like, negatively towards him i mean uh someone posted something the fifth the smith family has quietly been amassing one of the most lethal fandoms in existence um and in the last 48 hours uh, i'm gonna read this directly in the last 48 hours they've dragged out Haley bieber's n-word posts jim carrey enabling his ex's fatal addiction kareem abdul jabbar's son stabbing a 60 year old man in the head and zoe kravitz which was the biggest one Came out and just said, I, you know, I didn't know there was going to be an assault tonight at the word show. She's canceled now. Like she was one of the biggest things around Zoe Kravitz. She was in Big Little Lies. She's been in a ton of movies. She's very famous. Lenny Kravitz's daughter. She was like the it light skinned girl. Okay. Mm. And that, and if you look at black Twitter, that's, I didn't really associate this until I've been digging on black Twitter for the last fun, which is a black Twitter is ride. so much fun. It's a fun ride over there. Yeah. yeah. Black Twitter's fun. Um, but turns out, Zoe was the it light skinned girl. And this is what makes it funny. This is where you can add another layer to this. She came out and said, son, all of a sudden, everyone pulled out all the fucking just shit just came out. And everyone's like, how did this shit come out so fast? How did it come out so fast? It's like a dead man switch. Because these people have blackmail yeah. on everyone in Hollywood. I mean, how many times do we have to talk about the blackmail system until people understand that they have a folder on fucking everybody. Oh, dude, what about John? Every. Like, I mean, that's how John Gruden got fired from I the mean, Raiders. Yeah. You know, dude, <coughs> you know minutes. How much do we minutes. have to pay this guy for the next ten years? All right, let's yeah. dig up some shit. That's very. I mean, easy. minutes. Yeah, and and that's what I tweeted. I was like, dude, you guys don't realize that they got fucking blackmail on all these fucking people. I mean, this is how it works. And I want to read the tweet. I'm um, just digging to find it because I did my first thread on Twitter, which you guys should oh. check out, Jalen. Jalen Brown, uh, you're not gonna read it with fucking. I actually, I read, um, I read twelve parts of it. You're such a loser. <laughs> the um, I was really good too. I, I, I thought it really was good. In, no fuck if you. If you could put it, it so, on, it's so good. Your red hat. No, you put it on audiobook. I'll I'll listen to it. You're an asshole. Have you finished um, one of my podcasts? No, you're fucking what exactly you, two hours. I, I, I two hours. I, I can't fucking read these minutes. fucking threads, in, especially Bro, in it's your literally. Voice. It's, it's I read it in your voice, which is terrible. I put pictures in it all the time for retards like you. But I can't get pictures. over reading it in your fucking stupid voice. I mean, yeah. So imagine me listening to your stupid voice <laughs> on the QTN. Hey, speaking of which, I have uh, spaces fake and gay for shirts on sale. Twenty five dollars ship. DM me if you want one. They're fire. Get it. Get it. Don't don't order a double XL. He's running I'm out. Run out of double XLs. Fucking lose some fucking weight, guys. <laughs> I tried to tell Bobby. I was like, dude, he ordered the shirts, and we got a whole merch line coming soon. So go get your spaces fake and gay shirt. Follow Bobby on. They're Twitter. really Follow cool, Logan. They, they are awesome. Yeah. They're awesome. 
They're right, awesome. lose some fucking it. weight. I only no, got I, mean, I only ordered. I tried to I tried to explain to him, and he's a fucking idiot. Like this is what I would say. There's a difference between me, businessman, entrepreneur, <laughs> on his tenth business, and fucking video game slanging Pablo Escobar over here, <laughs> who's trying to start a fucking clothing line, right? He orders shirts and he go. What does he do? He goes to fucking Google. What are the most popular shirts? I'm like Bobby. Our whole community is either 120 pounds or 320 pounds. There's no normal people here. There's either girls or dudes that are built like girls or fucking monster dudes and girls that are built like monster dudes. That's it's the conspiracy community. They sit in their fucking basement all day. Like you got to fucking yeah. overweight the high sizes and the, I mean, the I, I shouldn't, and the double X. I shouldn't say anything, dude. I'm on the lowest end of the spectrum. You're built like a girl. You're just on the <laughs> other side. You're a fucking schmedium. So, yeah, fucking you'd pull the tag out of your fucking shirt. It says eight to 16 months. <laughs> fucking child. Anyway, so here was the uh, so go buy a spaces fake and gay shirt for Bobby. And we got a, we got all the banger conspiracy shirts coming once we get the store up very shortly. Um, here was the, here was the Zoe thing, uh, from Zoe Kravitz. This shit came out like she clicked send and this shit would bing all over the internet. Keep in mind, she's been the it light skinned girl for a long time. So why hasn't this shit leaked before? This is her speaking about Jaden Smith. There were moments that I was hanging out with Jaden and thinking, I can't believe you're 14. I have to check myself. Like what I say to you, she laughs. He has so much personality and so much swag. He's so much cooler than I am, and he's so handsome. I was always like, when you're older, you know, we'll hang out. Nope, that's inappropriate. You're 14. Like, And that canceled this her? Zoe Kravitz. And how old was, was fucking, she? Was grooming fucking Jaden Smith mm-hmm. when he was fucking 14 years old. And you know the parenting techniques of the Smiths. Your kid can do whatever the fuck you want, whenever the fuck you want. So now she's getting fucking killed. She got killed for some other shit, too. Do you know how old she was at the time? Um, How old is Jaden Smith now? God, I don't know. I'll, I'll, all right, we'll look it up. We have the internet. Let's see. Uh, so this was nine years ago. Uh, Jaden so Smith like is 25. He was 14. Okay, so she's in her 30s now? Yeah, she's 34. Oh, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, it was, it doesn't matter for 25, 35, 50. Oh, wow, that's, that's, a, that's a creepy significant, shit. yeah, that's a significant that's age gap. It's a 10 year, yeah. He's fucking 14, dude, right? Yeah. So, I mean, she's like fawning over like how much she wants to fuck him, right? Mm. So that got her canceled and then some other shit. She posted some shit um, from when she was younger, how she didn't like being associated with the black community. And she listens to metal and she doesn't, you know, fall into that. She doesn't talk like that. So basically well, that's the other reason out. why she got canceled. Right, right. No, they 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 unloaded. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they unloaded. Well, and she's light skinned. That makes her an easier target. Here's the conspiracy. Um, you haven't watched Euphoria because you're hard. I have. I watched three episodes. It's terrible. Okay. Worst okay. show I've Good. ever seen. At least you've watched three episodes. So you saw the main girl with the drug problem. Yes. Is that her? She's the new it light skinned oh, yeah, girl. Yeah, yeah. She was at the award show too, and this is the new fucking girl. That so this is like the passing of the church. They fucking killed off Zoe Kravitz to bring this girl in on Black Twitter as the everyone was saying, like putting a crown on her in memes. Like you are now anointed as you know the hottest light skinned girl on Black Twitter. So uh, another little fun angle there, but uh, yeah, I feel like there has thing- been a passing of the torch with light skinned black girls. Like the I think the one of the biggest ones was the one from the Cosby. Uh, mm-hmm. and then the girl from, uh, Fresh Prince, the older sister. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She was yeah. kind of there for a little bit. And then, you know, I feel like it just kind of 
works its way uh, up the ladder. So, yep. And, and here's the last thing, and then we'll get into the 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 guts. Yeah. So, um, uh, so a lot of people are asking, you know, what was the media hiding, false flag, you know, et cetera, shit like that. But really, here's some interesting little bullet points about the slap to for to side with those of you that think it was fake. And that's what the point of this podcast is. It's not to tell you what we think, although a lot of you seem to think that. We love when you parrot us. It's great. We think we're right. But really what it's about is to open up your mind so that you can formulate your own opinions. And, you know, that's that's what it is. So here's some other ammo for those of you that think it was fake. First of all, the camera angle happened to be behind Will Smith, right? And there was only, they got 450 million cameras in there. Everyone saw one angle, right? Like everyone saw one angle. Then like, I think yesterday, a little camera phone footage from someone else leaked showing Jada laughing after the smack. It was like just a a little off to the left. But really, we only saw one angle of this. We didn't see much walking up. You know, we didn't see a camera from the other side. They have cameras to point out at the audience. We see the audience the whole show. Why didn't we see another angle of Will Smith walking up? to see what his face looked like, to see if he mouthed something to him, you know, whatever it is. Uh, in the movies, you're taught to make the slap as big and telegraphed as possible to sell it. Notice the huge wind-up before the slap and follow-through. That was, yeah, I agree with that. Untrained fighters flinch before getting hit. So there are clips showing right before he got hit, his eyes were closed and his head was kind of leaned up. And Smith is kind of smiling, walking away. So listen, it's all there. It's it's a fun debate, and it's all there for everyone to make a fucking uh case for either side and uh you know we'll probably never know but as more information comes out we'll get more solid in our opinions and the big thing for me which is the uh, masterful host segue p diddy was the one who came out and fucking squashed it right he was the one who came out and gave the speech saying we're gonna handle this at the green light club or whatever the fuck it is and p diddy was like the fucking uh the Godfather walks in, like, you know, both of you come here, sit down. Right. Right. Like, so, which is very interesting. And then supposedly P. Diddy got them together at the after party and had them talk it out so that they're quote unquote cool. And then the next day it was okay to write the apologies. As I said in the last podcast, you can't apologize on stage. You look like a bitch. But once it's done and you're all in the room and you've gotten off you what you got off, you can go send an apology. Of course, you don't want to be a jerk off forever. But uh, make sure you get the head from Jada first and send it out the next day. And then they both apologize the next day. Some people are saying it's not dead. Chris Rock's brother's coming out and saying it's not fucking over. But from everything we're hearing, P. Diddy was the focal point of all this, uh, which makes it very interesting for what we're about to get into now because P. Diddy finds his way into all the aspects that we're about to talk about, about Will Smith's life and uh, shit right here. So, Bobby, I'll now turn this over to you. And uh, let you drop, because you were the one who dropped Quincy Adams. You found it on the podcast, Mm -hmm. right? And that's one of the tough things when we're just rambling here and we don't have a script, that you'll think of something. You brought up the Quincy Adams thing on the last podcast. Reiterate that. And then it sent me and you down to Quincy Rob, Quincy uh, Quincy Quincy Jones. What did I say? say? Quincy Adams? Yeah, whatever. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. Sent us down to Quincy Jones rabbit hole. um, And we got a lot more. So take it away. You know, we always talk about how there's always people behind the veil, <clears throat> you know, so uh, even and I'm the lowest of the lowest sea level Memphis musician and I have booking agents and you producers and all that stuff. And they're like used car salesmen, a real estate agent. They want to control every element of your life. They want to control where you play, what you do, what roles you take, where, what venues you play at. Um, even when our band won an award, 
our booking agent decided to take it upon themselves to take my award and take it to their house and take pictures of it like they won the fucking award so like they're very controlling people and as they gain power um you know they they're shape i mean not shapeshifters they're the ones that are that are controlling the chessboard so with quincy jones He's been doing this since he was, you know, he, he came up with Ray Charles. I mean, he's worked with mm-hmm. everybody from the Sinatras to Michael Jackson, you know, uh, to Will Smith. And so when I really started uh, looking at the connection uh, with Quincy Jones. By the way, just to, just to put this out, yeah. his net worth as of now, and it's obviously more than this because this just is $500 million. Exactly. Okay, he's worth a half a billion dollars, and none of you could probably pick him out of a. That's lineup. the fucking right? point. It's the same. We thing. can because we're older, yeah. and we remember him when he was more active in the scene. But now, Quincy is the fucking uh, wizard behind the curtain. Yes, right, and has been for a long time. He's also a loose cannon who gets away with saying anything he fucking wants whenever the when fuck he, he wants, wants about anyone he fucking wants. He's yeah. the Don, bro. He no one fucks with He's Quincy Jones. He's one of like 12 people that have won like a like this big like Grammy like Lifetime Achievement Award or whatever. He's like one of 12 people that have gotten it. Like that's how big this guy. Okay, how, here's how big he is. You know that We Are The World song? That, that uh-huh. every fucking who's who of who musician was in there. Michael Jackson, uh, Lionel Richie, all the big artists. We are the world. They all had their look. Guess who produced that fucking song? Quincy Jones produced uh-huh. that song. Okay, that's how big this guy is. So the reason why this is important is not just with <clears throat> the tie-ins to Will Smith, um, but also this guy uh, founded vibe magazine which if you don't know what vibe magazine it's like the rolling stones of hip-hop so for example if you're a a a rock band the biggest thing is getting on the cover rolling stones it's like like you're in doctor it's like you're in and keep in mind it was bigger then because there was no internet there was no build your own social media platform so you either got circulation at a radio station in the 70s 80s and 90s or you got on a magazine magazine if you didn't get in either of those no one knew who the fuck you were. Right. So, and you couldn't get there unless you were connected. So someone like a Quincy Jones controlled, controlled your life. Everything. Uh, even the movie Almost Famous, which I'm sure a lot of people have seen. The whole movie is directed around uh, a independent writer who is covering a band that's potentially going to be on the cover of Rolling Stone. And the whole thing is about the band is freaking out because it's their big fucking day. This is like they're going to be on the cover of Rolling Stone before the Internet. It's the only way millions of people are going to see them. So I kind of just dug into Vibe magazines because I was like, all right, I want to see who's on the cover of these magazines because that will kind of tell me, you know, um, who's who. And so, I mean, it's got everybody on it from Janet Jackson to LL Cool J to P. Diddy, of course. Um, and the other one that I thought was interesting is that there was a 1995 issue of Vibe magazine that had fucking Tupac Shakur on the cover. Mm-hmm. And it was right after he got shot and right after he went to jail. But the thing is, uh, and, and I'll read a little bit from the article, but the cover of the article has Tupac Shakur on the cover, by the way, with only one eye showing. And uh, the quote on the cover, it says, this is my last interview. If I get killed, I want people to have the real story, Tupac Shakur, on the cover of a magazine that's con- controlled entirely, entirely by Quincy Jones. And one of the things that he kept saying, he kept saying this in the article, and I'll let me see if I can find the one spot. He's basically alluding to the fact that people are out to kill him. 
He kept saying it. People are out to kill me. They want me dead. And one of the reasons why they want him dead is because he felt more responsible. He didn't want to be a gangster rapper anymore. He wanted to be cleaner. He's given up drugs. And all of a sudden, he's getting shot. He's getting rape charges pinned on him. And now he's got this article in Vibe magazine talking, basically predicting his death. I thought this was fucking intriguing. So that brings yeah. in that brings in the ties between Quincy Jones, uh, Tupac Shakur, uh, P. Diddy and Will Smith, because the reason why P. Diddy's tied in is because we talked about this earlier. P. Diddy um, took on a child, uh, basically adopted him. His name was Quincy Brown. Quincy Brown was named after his godfather, Quincy Jones. So let me just kind of tie this all together. There, uh, there was a hip hop artist. His name was Albie Shore. Albie Shore was married to Kim Porter. Okay, um, they slow it, slow it, slow it down. All right, okay, because I know you tend to go fast on this, and everyone misses it. So Albie Shore was a big, famous person back then. Okay, you guys who are younger don't know it. So Albie Shore had a child. Okay, gone. Now break it down yeah, slowly. So, so Albie Shore and Kim Porter had a child, and they 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 had three kids, but. This one they had they named Quincy Jones as the godfather of the kid and named him Quincy after his godfather Quincy Jones. Um, and then I guess Albie Shore became estranged and P. Diddy adopted Quincy Brown because P. Diddy began a relationship with Kim Porter. So P. Diddy basically raised Quincy Brown, who is. Quincy Jones's godchild and anybody that knows if you've ever been a godfather or if you have a godfather they are like your second father so Quincy Jones and P Diddy basically co-parented this kid throughout you know his entire you know young adulthood so this is where Quincy Jones ties into everybody he ties into Tupac he ties into P Diddy he ties into Will Smith they're all connected heavy, heavy. and on top of it we said this last episode, Quincy Jones's daughter was dating Tupac up until the time of his death. So you have multiple people around Tupac that could benefit off of Tupac's death. And that's why the Quincy Jones narrative is a really important one. It's 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 critical in the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, just to we're going to tie it all together and it really ties into Will Smith here, too. I, I want to reiterate the importance of being a godfather. Um, one, that was my name at my old company, The Godfather. I refer to myself as The Godfather all the time because I'm you know, pretty much the top of the food chain, <laughs> right? I mean, like, we could all just be honest here. Like, I'm pretty much the best at everything. Uh -huh. So, uh, you know, like, I'm the decision maker. I'm the goat, right? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I'm The Godfather. And the uh, I also am a two-time Godfather award winner. <laughs> oh. I'm actually the, go I'm the Godfather to two children. Um, so... And, and but back then that was a bigger deal than it is now. Right. Like, especially if you're talking about someone who's in a world where you could die, you know, like if you're in the hip hop world and shit yeah. like that, like the godfather of your child, that's back in the day and not today. Who the fuck knows if anyone even honors it still. But back in the day, if the parents died, the godfather took responsibility for the kid. So for Quincy Jones to be named a godfather of a child like that's that that's a big deal. It's it's basically your chosen family. Right. Like that's you, you don't choose your family. So you love your brother. You love your mom. But, you know, if it wasn't your brother, would you fucking hang out with him in real life? I don't know. Like Me? No. Fuck Kurt. But um, Bobby wouldn't hang out with Kurt. Right. Mm -hmm. 
No, they not my adulthood. Her. That seems like a waste no, of time. Kurt. Kurt's an asshole. <laughs> um, so, so, uh, but that's a big deal. And this is this story ties just a little bit about Quincy Jones to add on here before we dig into it. And Bob, you could add elaborate yeah. on this just to show you the balls and the power of Quincy Jones. Okay, because like we said, those of you that are under thirty, you have no idea what you're t- we're talking about. You don't understand the importance of being in a magazine. You don't understand the importance of a Harvey Weinstein, a Quincy Jones, a Jeffrey Epstein, a string puller, right? Like that, you couldn't move without that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you can start a fucking YouTube video that, co- I mean, look at me. I'm a fucking retard. I fucking had a quarter million followers. I'm fucking speaking into a microphone with no sponsors and no backing and no agent, right? So anyone can do it. If I could do it, anyone could do it, right? But that's the fucking thing. Nowadays, these guys aren't as powerful. Whether it's in sports, whether it's in entertainment, the people behind the curtain are not as big a deal anymore because you can go viral on your own, right? But back then, it was every single thing. This is just a couple of the things that Quincy Jones. Um, Quincy Jones for, was the <laughs> was the first to allege that legendary duo had a sexual relationship, claiming that Brandon uh, Brando, this is Marlon Brando, okay, would Godfather. fuck anything. Yeah, the Godfather. Marlon Brando, this is his exact lines in like fucking Vanity Fair. Uh, Marlon Brando would fuck anything. Anything. He'd fuck a mailbox. He fucked James Baldwin. He fucked Richard Pryor. He fucked Marvin Gaye. Okay? this. Most of you are hearing about this for the first time. Why? Because back then, just like with Michael Jordan, how he had a fucking gambling problem and got his father killed. Go listen to our old episode about that. And had to leave the fucking NBA because he was really secretly suspended. And no one found out about all this shit. The media buried stories. There was people at the top who controlled the papers. You can't control the internet. It's too big. But you can control the newspapers because they fucking like TV. They're all run by one fucking channel. Right. Why do you think no one's showing anything about Biden's gaffes when he speaks on the TV? It's always on the fucking internet, right? So take away the internet and they controlled all the news. So they used to bury all the stories about Marlon Brando just to confirm it. On Wednesday, Richard Pryor's widow, Jennifer, confirmed the rumor, uh, telling TMZ that her late husband was always open about his bisexuality with friends and would not be ashamed that the relationship was revealed publicly. So you got fucking Quincy Jones just fucking in an interview that wasn't even about this going, oh, yeah, by the way, you know, Marlon Brando fucked Marvin Gaye, Richard Pryor, and fucking James Baldwin. And everyone's like, what? Crazy. Like, where did it? Uh, when you go into... Uh, and I know he said he uh, dated you know, you, you're- Quincy Jones went on to claim that he and Ivanka dated 12 years yeah. ago after she asked Tommy Philfigger to set them up for a dinner. Them. You know, 12 this reminds years me ago, of- it would have been 72 and 24. Sorry. Wow. This reminds me of when Joan Rivers just said, ah, fuck it. Uh, Michelle Obama's a tranny. <laughs> right. Know? Yes. That's Quincy Jones. That's He's basically he like that powerful that yeah, you can say whatever. Joan Rivers yeah. isn't as powerful as Quincy we learned. Yeah. <laughs> Jones recalling telling Hilfiger at the time, no problem. She's a fine motherfucker. She had the most beautiful legs I ever saw. He continued. Wrong father, though. Um, the, uh, uh, Tupac, the people who say I wanted to have sex with Tupac, man. <clears throat> so this is interesting. So there was people criticizing Quincy Jones saying he wanted to fuck Tupac. Because yep. everyone knows Quincy Jones was fucking a swinger, open fucking pimp, right? He actually was a pimp when he was younger. He actually worked directly under a pimp. That was his first job. He was like 
pimping hoes on the street. So that personality never left him. He said, man, this is, the, this is the biggest age of haters I've ever seen in my life. I've been called a blonde lover, a pedophile, gay, everything. I don't care, man. I imagine my daughter being engaged to Tupac and me trying – imagine my daughter being engaged to Tupac and me trying to make love to him. And I'm not into no men, man. I'm a hardcore lesbian. Are you kidding? All my life, all my life. Um, he did heroin with Ray Charles. Yep. Uh, Quincy used to work for pimps when he was younger in his own words. I mean, the dude was fucking just the biggest piece of shit, right? Like across the world. And there was rumor circulating that he wanted to fuck Tupac. Hmm. The other weird thing is Tupac was openly critical of Quincy Jones. Like he was always saying, oh, you're always dating white girls, you know? So like there's a lot of connections, like as far as, you know, why Quincy Jones might have had beef with, with Tupac. Yeah, and here's the here's the interesting part with Will Smith, okay, how he ties into it. So uh, the Fresh Prince was not based on Will Smith's life. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, I actually didn't even – I knew it wasn't, but I didn't realize it was based on Benny Medina's life, okay? So the Fresh Prince was not based on Will Smith's life. It was based on Benny Medina's life. Benny Medina was um, popular, famous back then, and uh, this was his life story, and he was going to direct a show about his life. And he was older, obviously. So he's looking to cast a young African-American, light-skinned guy that reminded him of himself when he was younger. The role was not Will Smith's. The role was actually given to MC Shan. So MC Shan was the one who got the role. All right. This is very important. So that was not Will Smith's role. In 1988, Will Smith put out uh, Parents Just Don't Understand. In 1990, he had the assault charge. He had all that. But he spent all his money. He was broke. And then the tax man came and he didn't prepare for that. He actually owed $2.8 million. Will Smith was, and you can read all the articles on this. Will Smith was running around begging for people to help him. He was literally willing to do anything he had to do to get help on this debt. And he went to Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones liked him. Quincy Jones probably turned his ass out, fucked him, and basically bought his soul and bought fucking a percentage of everything he does for the rest of his life, right? That's how Quincy Jones works, right, Bobby? Mm -hmm. So he pimped him. So he basically said, all right, well, there's this new show coming out that I'm a producer on. So Quincy Jones was a producer on The Fresh Prince about Benny Medina, who was the director. And he said, let me see what I could do. He told Benny Medina, I need a favor from you. Benny Medina really wanted MC Shan. Okay, to do it. Another rapper in the industry, kind of kind of similar to Mills, Will Smith uh, on that side. Um, so he arranged the meeting with the desperate kid. Benny wanted MC Shan to be the Fresh Prince. Uh, this kind of uh, it, it gets crazy here because it's reported that once Benny Medina knew that he had Will Smith in in his pocket, he tried to rape um, Benny Medina, the guy who Will Smith plays in Fresh Prince, tried to rape MC Shan. Okay, Um, MC Shan said the producer kept trying to fuck me and I rejected all his advances. Medina in Medina in 2007, Benny Medina, fast forward 10 years, was 50 year old openly gay man who ranked 48th in out.com's top 50 gays in 2007. Another actor, really? James Dotley. Yeah, another. That's how big Benny Medina got. Because keep in mind, dude, celebrities and, and people weren't coming out as gay fucking 15, 20 years ago, you know? So 
That was elite if you came out and you were a powerful person. Another actor, James Dotley, accused Benny Medina of trying to rape him after the allegations of Spacey surfaced. So now you got this white actor who came out and tells a whole fucking story about how we were hanging out and I went to his fucking place and this guy was gay, James Dotley. And he said he told him he had a boyfriend and fucking Benny Medina was literally like attacking him and trying to rape him. He had to run out of the house. All right. So Benny Medina is a bad person. OK, if you want to take it one level deeper than that, Benny Medina actually got hung up. Benny Medina came out in 2007 and this was when Will fired him. So Will was with him from 95 to two, or 90 to 2007, 17 years. They were working together, a rapist, a fucking gay rapist. OK, and Will fired him because Benny was about to catch a case about sex with an underage boy. Huh. He had a trial about pedophilia, how he was fucking underage kids. So Benny, after that, came out of the closet to form a big hoopla about, hey, I'm gay. No one knew this guy was gay. Meanwhile, I was raping all of Hollywood before this to get roles. And Will fired him because he didn't want to be associated because Will Smith is trying to hide the fact that he's gay. Well, when Will Smith and his wife got divorced, okay, and I'm, I'm going forward and then I'm going to come backwards. When Will Smith and his original wife, now Jada, got divorced in 94 or 5, whenever it was, it was on Valentine's Day. Who announces a breakup on Valentine's huh. Day? No, he wasn't there. And I got to give credit to the YouTube video that I got a lot of this information from. So I will do that. Remind me to do that. Uh, I don't want to. A lot of this I got from one dude on the Internet yeah. that I'm spitting back to you. And I don't like to claim it as my own. Um, just remind me when I'm done here to, to give credit. I will forget. Uh, but I don't want to yeah. I don't want to lose my train of thought mm -hmm. here. Um, so. The uh, on Valentine's Day, they broke up the big rumor. Google all this. She caught Will Smith in bed with Benny Medina. OK, so everyone in Hollywood supposedly knew Benny Medina and Will Smith. Benny Medina, the guy who he played in the show, the director of the show when Will Smith was three million dollars in debt, the rapist, the pedophile, the gay guy, top 50 in a, the world, openly gay black men, uh, was Will Smith's partner from that period of time. And then. When his wife left him, Quincy Jones supposedly was the one who orchestrated the Jada Will Smith hookup, hmm. which would make sense to tie into the pissing off Tupac. Let me go get Jada and pimp her to my fucking new black superstar that I'm working with because I'm tied to him forever. So now and, and I'm going to wrap this here. Warner Brothers was behind the project. OK, most black people back then hated Warner Brothers. They hated Warner Brothers because Warner Brothers was canceling a lot of the good black shows. Yeah. And people were pissed at them. Warner Brothers was known as being very racist towards African-Americans, especially back then. So Warner Brothers also had a movie that came out. Have you heard about the uh, Six Degrees of Separation? Mm, mm -mm. So MC Shan, who's pretty pissed off about fucking, you know, trying to get raped when he thought he had the role of a lifetime. MC Shan told Medina, he, he, you're a fucking faggot after he tried to molest him. He is doing he is. Do, so here's where it's a little wordy. Will Smith is doing their six degrees of separation. I'll tell you what that is in a minute. Will is my man. This is an exact quote from MC Shen. Will is my man. So he's friends with him. He's not talking shit on him. But I could never see myself doing that. Yeah, you're the 20 million dollar man. But what part of your soul did you sell? What piece of your ass did you give up? Okay. Six Degrees of Separation was a movie that I never even heard about. It was so long ago. Will Smith, I think it was his first movie, where Will Smith played an openly gay con man in the movie. Mm. Right? So, I mean, you want to talk about just cucking up. I mean, you got 
dude's talking about he's rumors of him being gay. These fucking best friends with this guy fucking going everywhere with him, traveling with him. Who's a fucking rapist and a pedophile. MC Shan saying, bro, you sold your ass and you sold your soul. And then Will Smith becomes this fucking monster in the industry uh, as it goes on. And even with the Benny, the, the Benny Medina and Will Smith gay rumors, Alexis Arquette was one of the first ones who came out and said, they're definitely gay. And she's definitely fucking him. And everyone in Hollywood fucking knows it. So, I mean, you got some deep, dark shit here tied to some really fucking rapey, dark, the shit we always talk about, the inner city kid in trouble, either on drugs or needs money and will do anything. Yeah, it's, and the, sell squid, it's the squid game shit, right? It's just the, yes, the whole yeah. notion of when you it's about leverage. So if somebody has a debt and you pay it off, you own them, essentially. Right. That you own their ass. Literally. I mean, that's what that's what it's all about. So, you know, and in the hip hop industry, it's very widely known. Or if you don't know this, I mean, listen to Prodigy, listen to uh, KRS-One talk about it. Other hip hop artists that there is a lot of uh, this sodomy ritual and a lot of this initiation, I guess I, I should say, into hip hop. And I mean. They talk about it all the time, dude, that these are the types of things like the ones that sell their fucking ass are the ones that make millions. You know, we've even yeah. seen rappers talk about it, how they gave up their ass for, for millions oh, yeah. of dollars. I mean, dude, and now tie Puff Daddy in, right? We talked about Puff Daddy with the tie into Quincy Jones and the godfather adopting I'll be sure's kid and fucking Quincy's the grandfather. Everyone knows Puff Daddy's gay. Mm hmm. Like the younger generation doesn't because it was buried. That's the thing. News didn't circulate. They used to protect the stars. But everyone who's 40 knows Puff Daddy was fucking mace and Puff Daddy was gay. And here's just a little bit of Puff Daddy's being gay that comes out. Puff Daddy allegedly came clean about his sexuality in Blood Orange's song called Hope. Near the end of the video, the two guys seemed to be embracing each other while they were walking with a group of men. Diddy said, sometimes I ask myself, like, you know, what is it going to take for me to not be afraid to be loved the way like I really want to be loved, but that I know I really want to be loved. But I'm but I'm like scared to really, really feel that, you know, it's like you want something, but you don't know if you can handle it. The music mogul continued. Maybe one day I'll get over my fears and I'll receive. OK, as Diddy had a serious moment in the studio, seemingly alluding to the sexuality, Tyler, the creator and ASAP Rocky, two motherfuckers who came out of goddamn nowhere who no one knows how, obviously now they're Diddy's fuckboys, were seen goofing around in the background. Tyler came out of the closet years ago while Blood Orange came out as sexually fluid in 2018. So Tyler, the creator's gay. He's fucking working with P. Diddy, who's gay. ASAP was also plagued with gay rumors over the years, but he insisted he's straight. Sure you are. Mm -hmm. As the internet chatters regarding Diddy's sexuality heated up in 2017 video, which featured drunk Diddy calling another man daddy, resurfaced. During the interview, the Bad Boys founder additionally insisted he never really partied with Fabulous. We partied uh, for my birthday before you came to my party, a confused Fab said. Like he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? The alcohol-fueled interview then prompted 50 Cent to throw shade at Diddy. He says to Fabulous, me and you, we need to party. What is you talking about? When people say that that to me, I get a little uncomfortable. Fitty, so, so what they're saying here is Fabulous is saying, you were at my party, right? Like Fabulous threw a party. And P. Diddy's like, yeah, but we never really partied, right? They were drinking on the set and smoking. And that's a term, I guess. Like we use that term, like if, if – the girl, if you're asking a girl if she's got blow or I'm blow, like, oh, do you party? Like, that's a drug term. I guess it's a gay term, too. Hmm. So Diddy was like, we never really partied. And, and fucking Fiddy's like, dude, what are you talking about? Um, 
He said something to me a long time ago at Chris Lighty's wedding. He told me he'd take me shopping, 50 added. I looked at him like, what did you just say? Let me move, man, before I do something. You're going to make me mess up this wedding. No, that's something a guy says to a girl. Meanwhile, in 2009, rapper Exhibit called, recalled the one time he was taken to a gay club by Diddy. He was so shocked when he discovered what kind of club it was, he immediately took off. We leave the club directly. I didn't say peace to nobody. Uh, Diddy, once, Diddy himself once accidentally admitted to sleeping with Usher. So, I mean, we, I can go on for an hour. Yeah. Diddy's gay. He <laughs> fucked half the industry. He's the most powerful guy. He's the new Quincy Jones. Yeah. Like, he's the man behind everything. And, I mean, I know fucking Fat Joe is a pedophile. That's a big pun, these guys. That's a fact. I know someone who What about when Kanye West had that big freak out on stage and, and he was calling out different people in the industry saying, yo, I know you got killers. I know you got killers. Come talk to me, Jay-Z and uh-huh. all the... Uh, who's that fat fucking dude with the beard that has no talent? I don't know. He's all over the place. Uh, anyway, calling out all these dudes saying, I know you got killers. I know you got killers. You know, like... Like if you listen to these people long enough, though, you'll you'll find out who's at the top. You'll find out who's selling their ass. You'll find out who's killing who. And you know it, it, that that's the thing about the whole Tupac and P Diddy thing is like even in this fucking article. That's why you got to read this this Vibe article in 1995. He's basically predicting his death, and he's also uh, talking about how um, you know one of the things was is the night he got shot, he was con- he got convinced to go record. And as he's getting shot, he said, you know, it wasn't any of he said he wasn't any biggies people because it was like two black men and fucking uh, matching attire with matching nine millimeters. And so then he goes up the elevator and none other than Puff Daddy is in the fucking room. Puffs everywhere. Yeah, like Puffs in this fucking room. He was at the scene when when uh, when Tupac got shot. But the other interesting... A lot of people don't realize Tupac got shot multiple times. Multiple. Five <laughs> He's not telling this story. Yeah, he's not telling the story after he died. Yeah. Like, he five fucking different, times, different time. man. And yeah. and uh, the this, the other strange thing about it, he was talking about when he was in jail. This was after he got shot. Then they tried to pin a rape on him where he said, you know, he there, he was at a party and he got drugged and he woke up. And like he... What it sounds like his homies pin, tried to pin a rape charge on him, like drugged him and put a... You know, basically tried to sabotage him but when he was in jail he was saying how a lot of people disappeared but there were certain people that were still close to him and writing him letters one of which was jada pinkett that was the first name he mentioned on people that were still in his corner (laughs) when nobody else was was fucking jada pinkett you just hit mute by the way i'm back there we go uh, so you got to think Quincy Jones manipulated all this. Mm-hmm. Quincy Jones, basically, obviously, you know, the ties to him and Puff Daddy. Right? And Puff Daddy was fucking adopted a kid who Quincy Jones is grandfather. So Quincy Jones is te- teaching Puffy all these fucking tricks. Puffy's the new Quincy. He's the new fucking, you know, suck my dick and I'll get you an album deal. You know, the whole nine. And back then, when you when you look at it, it's so obvious to see the timeline. Will Smith needed a break. He went to Quincy Jones, a fucking pedo pimp fucking scumbag will will smith got fucked by fucking quincy jones quincy jones then forced will smith into fresh prince 
Will Smith, he then passed him off to his buddy, who's another creepy fucking director pedophile, Benny Medito, who ended up making Will Smith his bitch for the next 10 years. They got in a relationship, right? So now they're all tied together. They're all intertangled. And then Quincy Jones gets beef with Tupac, right? Where everyone said Quincy Jones wanted to fuck Tupac. So that's why when you hear these gay rumors, it's not just the left. Like, it's not just white Hollywood. Everyone looks at these old Jewish guys, and we know they fuck children. We know they rape all the actresses, the Harvey Weinsteins, the Jeffrey Epsteins. But no one thinks about it in the black community. These are all homo thugs, all these dudes. They are all fucking homo thugs. LeBron James is probably taking it in the ass. Anthony Davis probably taking it in the ass. Kyle Kuzma wearing dresses. Russell Westbrook wearing dresses. Like, when you see it in the black society, just talk to Larry Johnson. Just listen to him when he speaks. He talks about the effeminate... Uh, African-American male because they come in and they get raped by the Puff Daddies. They get raped by the Quincy Jones. They get raped by the big, you know, rich Jewish guys. That's part of their coming in. That's part of their passage. So when you look at it, Quincy probably did want to fuck Tupac. That, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, especially back then. A rumor like that doesn't just start. Yeah. Right? Quincy Jones wants to fuck Tupac Shakur. That doesn't just start. No, no. Unless some people opened it up. So here's how it makes sense. Quincy wanted to fuck Tupac. Quincy made some advances at him. Tupac told him to go fuck himself yeah. for whatever reason, right? Quincy got pissed. You don't turn down the Godfather. You don't turn down the Don, down the Don. Quincy knew that Tupac and fucking Jada were head over heels in love. Quincy now has fucking Will Smith in his pocket. This is his boy. He owns the industry. He turns to Jada, says, you're with Will now, okay? Matches up Jada and Will. Tupac gets pissed. Tupac's fucking freaking out. Quincy's calling Tupac a piece of shit publicly everywhere. Tupac goes and says, fuck you. I'm going to fuck your daughter and goes and fucks his daughter like Bobby brought up and said to get back at Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones then says, all right, motherfucker, you want to fuck my daughter? He was living with her four months before he died. Next thing you know, Tupac's dead. Will Smith thrives. Puffy thrives. Quincy thrives. Tupac's gone. Jada's pot committed. Biggie gets whacked next. You know, like. I mean, this is, there's such a, we always say the cabal isn't Soros. The cabal isn't Hillary. There's a level behind that curtain, right? That really is controlling shit. And that's what Quincy Jones is to that fucking industry. Yeah. So. And like, you know, for example, like, you know, for people like Tupac, uh, who so famously put out that album, it was like Machiavelli, uh, Don Kaluman, I think yep, Don yep. Kaluminati, he wrote a song called Kaluminati, which is about the mm -hmm. death of the Illuminati. But the important thing about the Machiavelli part of it is there's a whole Machiavellian principle, which is like a do whatever you can to win, like win first, like whatever you want to do to you know obtain power. And then once you have it, you have to keep it and you rule with fear. It's better than ruling with love. Like these are all mm -hmm. principles of the Machiavellian, you know, so he was trying to talk about how that works and and i i think that's important this came out after his death too um and so when we when we speak about these things it's always the ones that you know try to oust it you know try to to talk about what's really going on that end up on the side of the aisle and the ones that sell their ass end up with uh -huh. 250 million dollars in their pocket at the end of the day and that's and that's exactly what fucking uh mc shan said yeah I respect him. Will's my boy. I love him. He's a twenty million dollar man back then. But I wasn't willing to sell my soul or my ass. Yeah. So I mean, Tupac's last album is Machiavelli and Don Caluminati. Prodigy of Mob Deep's last episode was called The Hegelian Dialectic, which is right before his death at age fucking forty one. Where the Hegelian dialectic is your whole problem reaction solution, which means like this: you create a problem, like COVID, manufacture a solution, vaccine. But what you do is you create fear. Fear is the driving force. 
with a manufactured solution. So that's the Hegelian dialectic, and they do this over and over again. So he's exposing the Hegelian dialectic, and next thing you know, he's dead at age 41, you know? I mean, dude, you want another crazy thing here? What do we always say happens when people know they're on their trail, right? When you know someone uh, is coming after you, right? Like, what did Isaac Cappy do? Right before he got whacked. Yeah, well, we're talking about like the the dead man switch. Isaac release? Cappy, he was fucking. He was Isaac Cappy was chirping. Fuck them. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them. All of a sudden, he started posting weird videos. Right yeah. when he knew they were coming to get him, and he started apologizing. I was kidding. I was joking. Right, all that kind of shit. Uh, here's a funny thing. Here, here's an article I just saw. Keisha Cole revealed that Tupac supposedly had major plans to depart Death Row Records to sign with Quincy Jones's label just before his death in 1996. Yeah. So now you're bringing in Shug Knight. We have seen all the documentation of fucking Tupac telling Quincy Jones a piece of shit because he fucks white women. Quincy Jones talking shit on Tupac. And then all of a sudden, right before he gets whacked, he's like, yo, I think I want to sign with Quincy Jones. Sounds like he knew something was coming. Yeah. You know, where it's like, I'm friends close, enemies closer type thing. Uh, funny thing, it says, speaking to Fat Joe in an episode of his new podcast, uh, actually did know Tupac was with him in Las Vegas the day of the murder. The rapper spoke to her about the desire to leave Suge Knight's label, blah, blah, blah. F Fat Joe's, uh, uh, he wanted to sign me to Quincy Jones when I was with Kadaya or whatever. Fat Joe is a pedophile. Mm -hmm. Fat Joe lived in Paramus. He's a pedophile. I, that's a fact. Now, I'll go to the death with that. I know for a fact that Fat Joe is a pedophile. 100% certainty know someone who I would never bring on this mic, but I can, who can tell you that not only did he try to fuck them when they were 14, but knows other multiple 14-year-olds who he was fucking. So it's just kind of funny that Fat Joe the pedophile is with Quincy Jones at the time trying to secure over Tupac after the Benny Dina connect Medina connection. It's, it's just a really weird, fucked up world of satanic fucking sex. <laughs> Chaos. But listen, if you don't weird. think that these fucking guys at the top, like uh, Suge Knight and Quincy Jones, don't fucking hate it, you're talking about the highly, most highly competitive people at the top. If you've seen the movie American Psycho, where like you know, mm -hmm. even people at the top, like man, like they're they're analyzing other people's business cards. They're jealous of the yeah. smallest little things. So you don't think that yeah. they're fighting over artists on a daily of basis? Of course, of course, and they're fucking all of them. People see these guys with their tough little thug attitude, bro. Go to prison. These fucking dudes are fucking each other all over the place. And you don't think I mean, that's, that's why everyone's like, did you get did you get raped in prison? It's like, no, dude, they fuck each other. Yeah. And you don't They're think the, the Suge Knight going to jail was an accident. You don't think that like, I mean, you're talking that was a whole nother, you know, that was a whole nother setup. None of this that stuff happens thug, by chance. That homo thug segment of the society is fucking insane. Yeah. It's it's like 80 percent of these rappers are all have all sucked it before. They're all banging <laughs> trannies. And I, 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 I mean, listen, we can go into it in another podcast. I've talked about it with a lot of my black friends. I've talked about it with white friends. I've had this theory since I was little. There's, they're part of the reason when you see it's kind of put into their culture. This fucking, you know, the, you know, the Serena Williams, like the big ass, the thick, the fucking muscular, big, you know, stock. Like a lot of the fucking women they're attracted to, white or black, are fucking like manly. Yeah. You know, like it's it's part of the culture. They, they brainwash them with this shit. And they're trying to do this to them because that's how they control them. Uh, this is a whole nother thing about a big societal um, influence that they put onto the black community to unfairly keep them down. I, I do really believe that I have very strong opinions on both sides that the African-American community has been kept down by the white Jewish man and the liberal 
I also have another side that they did let it happen too, and they're encouraging it. So it's it's both sides, I could argue. But that's another story for another podcast. But um, anything else on the Quincy Jones thing before we wrap this up? No, I think I think that's the most important thing that you know is that is is understanding who's behind the veil. You know, that's kind of we always see who is featured in these articles but it's always the people behind the scenes that are that are pulling the strings but it's just yeah. it, this uh, this one event I, i've seen 50 different takes on it i've, I've watched behavioral analysts you know just dis- uh-huh. discuss body language of each person and break it down whether or not they think it's authentic so it's just amazing what i keep coming back to is the chaotic nature of what happened and how and the chaos yeah. the chaos instagram live yeah yeah, I, I, I think yeah. that's unbelievable, but it's just the same common themes recurring again and again, you know, and, and yeah. I've been involved in arts and entertainment my whole life. And this is nothing new. This is no. nothing new. It's more extreme. Yeah. Right. But I yeah. mean, it's no bigger than fucking. Two I don't want to say it's like know. a 9-11 of, of entertainment. I don't know. If I, that's, mean, it I mean, it, it's it like a fucking it, this is a 9-11 of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And and we got the Grammys coming up on Sunday. Yeah. So uh, listen, I know everyone's like, I don't watch the Grammys because I'm a truther and I won't support them. Sounds like Bill Rupp. Your, your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the fucking the, the truthers are the best. I don't watch the Grammys no, they're because the worst I won't support people. their ratings. Really? As you fucking tweet that on Google's fucking interface and you use your phone to send it out through Apple's fucking communication network right after you just watched your Netflix documentary and then got, I mean, and then got in your car to fucking, like, I mean, shut up. Bro, this is why I hate all this shit and and some fucking. Meanwhile, the Will Smith smack happens and they'll go all watch the replays. Well, maybe if you're watching fucking show, you wouldn't need it to eat jerk. That's the thing. Like, you know, so, okay, I I retweeted this and, and posted it because, you know, some fucking. I'm sorry, some fucking Q-tard thought this was a great comment. I thought it was retarded. Um, so Elon Musk said, is a new platform needed? And Gab.com replied, oh God, it already yeah. exists. And then one sports fan says, there's really no sports on Gab, so I can't really come over until that happens. So then here's what Gab says. Sports idolatry is why men in this country are so weak and effeminate. Oh your country is being invaded and destroyed, and you're watching sports ball. Sad. Sports ball? They called it fucking... Sports ball, dude. As they're talking about the emasculation of man. As they're talking about the emasculation of man. Fuck Gab. Fuck Telegram. Fuck half that shit. We'll we'll talk about the I do wanna I do wanna clarify some things on the Q movement. I feel like we're we're about that time where we should do that. Um and clarify, just crystallize our stances on it. Because I feel like it gets misinterpreted when we say things like Q bags or something like that. Um, my interpretation, I, I don't think everyone who believes in fucking Q is a fucking douchebag. Like no. we're free thinkers. We're open. To that. I think that 20% of every community is a douchebag. Right. 20% of right Yankee fans are douchebags. I would go 45. Of, yeah, maybe 50. <laughs> right? 20%, 20% of Italians are douchebags. Yeah. 20% of fucking, like everyone. So it's, we'll talk about that. And I do want to clarify that. Yeah. The people who force shit on you and they're like, if you're not with us, you're not in. Okay. Really? You're like, take the cues out of your fucking, you know, your name. Just like relax. if your name is, I mean, even in, I honestly don't care if they do that. I'm I know done that with that. Bro. I don't care, dude. I don't fucking believe the fucking religious shit that you guys push, Yeah, but that's fine. You want to have a fucking Bible in your fucking thing. You want to have a cue in your thing. That's fine. I don't, I truly don't care what anyone does. Just don't force it on me and just don't make me have to align with you or else you, I can't be in your group because then you're going to set me off and then we'll burn your fucking house down. Like figuratively, obviously, but 
that's what I want to get into. So on the next pod, I want to talk about this because I know me and you come from a little bit different sides of the same side, mm-hmm. right? Because guess what, Bob? You were a quiche bag for a pretty long time. Uh, yeah. So Yeah, okay. So we'll talk about it. We'll let it out. You know, I dabbled in it. I stuck my toe in it. And I blame you for it. But the uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we will talk about it. And I want to- I was OGQ though. I was OGQ. You were. Right. You were. You were. <laughs> You Before are. it and got I wanna, gay. I want to really clarify. Before it got it fake because... and gay. <laughs> so for me, it's like I do want to clarify it because I want to make sure that everyone is clear that uh, on our stance on everything. And from Q to fucking, you know, the, the we're going to talk about fake black conservatives. We're going to talk about, uh, I'm sure, David Harris Jr. And all these I wanna de- Yeah, used. and I want to debate we're the Trump hole in one next episode. We're going to debate the Trump hole in one. We're going to talk about Trump. So we'll get into all that <laughs> stuff. That's important. So that that's coming up on the next pod. I will tell you, though, come in for the Grammys. Guys, I don't like the Grammys. I don't like the Oscars. I watch it because I gotta. I need to know my enemy. I don't live in parlor or truth social. I'm there. I, I enjoy it. I, I take everything for what it is. But I have to watch CNN sometimes during the elections. I have to watch the MSNBC post-debate forum. I have to follow some liberal people so that I could see what the fuck the enemy is up to. So I definitely have to watch the fucking Grammys and the Oscars every time they're on, or else how the fuck am I going to identify all the fucking demonic symbolism and shit and then send it out to you people so you could retweet it? I mean, all you said, we're not going to watch the Super Bowl halftime show. You're still tweeting Janet Jackson devil shit from the Super Bowl. So yeah, where are you getting it from? You're not you're not any better than anywhere else. So come check it out. We're just going to shit on them the whole time. We're going to call them all pedophiles and fucking Satanists and point out all the Satanists. And that's how I red-pilled Bill through the fucking Grammys. That's how he got to him. There was a performance in the Grammys with that started the red pill. So uh, come in on Sunday. Follow our handles at Tommy G Returns uh, all over the place and at Bob's Lessons all over the place. We will drop the link for you guys. It will be free. We'll let you know what time. You come in, me, Bobby, and Bill are going to go wild. Bobby's going to be on rants about the Foo Fighters. Uh, if there's oh. anything else you wanted to add on that, by the way, Bob, we could spend two minutes here and, and kind of touch on the Grammys. I mean, that's um, it. I just I want to see that performance. I want to see what they do. I want to see what Dave Grohl does. I want to see who's behind the throne when they perform. Like, that's the shit I want to see. Like, not from a fan standpoint, from a fucking no, analyst. None of it's from a fan. We hate these fucking I got I got my money on Dave Grohl getting behind the kit like he did Nirvana. Maybe it's a return to the true self ego death or whatever. Uh, getting behind the kit and singing with a, a special guitar player coming out or Chad Smith from the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers playing behind the kit. It's one of the two. And if it's anybody else, I'm, I'll be really shocked. Listen, if you like Illuminati fucking like symbolism and satanism obviously not enjoy it but like to discover it and call it out yeah this is your award oh, show. Dude. i'm gonna tell you yeah i mean let me read off what's happening at this award show okay yeah. so first of all the new Supergirl, olivia rodrigo who we need to dig into a lot more is this bitch is about to sweep the awards like adele did like billy eilish did she's the she's the up and coming she's a smoke show she's 19 years old she's the it girl she's gonna win like everything so we need to know what's up with her and what they're about to do with her, I think this bitch is going to go from like wholesome girl to like in satanic demonic videos next year sure. and go the Billie Eilish path. Um, but this bitch is going to sweep the awards. We need to understand what's going on with her. Here are the <laughs> you ready for this, Bob. I don't know if I read this to you. Here are the odds to win best picture, best uh, album of the year. Okay? okay. So you got Olivia Rodrigo minus 110. So she's like even money. 
Listen to the names that come right behind her. <laughs> and these people are all performing. Number two, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Number three, Billie Eilish. Number four, Lil Nas X. <laughs> Number five, Doja Cat. Number six, her. Number seven, Taylor Swift. Number eight, Kanye West. Number nine, Justin Bieber. That's what's fucking coming up at this award show. I mean, you are going to have the epitome of every satanic fucking whore and cunt in Hollywood performing. And I think Billie Eilish, um, Lil Nas X, and Lady Gaga are all performing at the show. I mean, that's murderers row, dude. That's like three hours of us just fucking. I slam a jamma. Just going batshit and throwing remotes at the TV because <laughs> we hate these demonic fucks. Oh man! So if you don't, if that doesn't get you jazzed up to get in there, I don't know what will. So that's gonna be fun, uh, man. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. It's gonna be. It's gonna be good. To, it's better than the Oscars because the the performances are where the fucking oh. real. Ca- that's that's the red pill moments. That's where you guys don't want to watch it because you're irresponsible. You think it'll you're go um, betting wise? Do you think it'll go all chalk like like the Oscars did? I don't know, man. There's a lot of killers in here. Yeah. You know, literally like the Oscars had a bunch of movies. And yeah, seriously, a lot of baby killers. The Oscars had a lot of movies I'd never heard of and shit. But the Grammys, I don't know. You got I mean, you got to get Gaga an award, right? You got to get Billie Eilish an award. So they're going to have to get, I think, Lil Nas X. You think Lil Nas X will look pregnant? Nah, I hope, I hope that motherfucker dies. Do you think it's stage. OK? He's favored to wear a dress or do you think it's an yeah, underdog that yeah, he wears? No, a dress? He's fucking of course. He's gonna so favored. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking it's probably favorite for his dick to fucking <laughs> know. But uh, yeah, but I'm curious to see it because you got to know who's up and coming so that you can dig on and be the first ones uh, to know what's going on. Olivia Rodrigo, start your digging, guys. Go pull us up some dimes on this bitch because she's about to be the next it girl if she's not already. Uh, anything else here before we get out, Bob? No, that's it. Uh, Space is faking gay shirts for sale. 25 shipped. Let's DM go. me. Hit, hit. Let's yeah, go. I've got a couple left. And, and, you know, if you're a 2XL, I got a couple left. And if you, you know, better hurry up. Better hurry up. Better hurry up if you're a 2XL. Better hurry up. Uh, yeah, we'll keep you guys updated on the site. Everything we got going on with that, as we every show we do, we'll be on here again next week. Uh, maybe the first time ever we drop three podcasts in seven days. Wow. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe someone gets smacked at the Grammys. We go live Sunday night. Wow. Maybe we take the Discord. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not even going to promise. I don't know. All I know is we're killing it right now. We did two podcasts in three days. We can take a month off. We did our job. <laughs> all right. So four Bob's lessons. Tune in. Make sure you come into our Discord show. I'll tweet it out at Tommy G Returns. Bob will tweet it out at Bob's Lessons and on Instagram. Uh, four Bob's lessons. Bill Ruff, who was not able to join us today, but will be there hosting on Sunday night, and we'll we'll have you in tears, laughing so hard at what Bill says and does. And myself, Tommy G. Good luck. Stay questioning, motherfucker. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.